what's going on, everyone? We're back again with the Recipes podcast, episode 70. Joined by the usual faces on the channel, Ibu Bakopangman and Chris from the Unpurist podcast. Uh, but today's a little bit different. Got a special guest. Not something we usually do, but, you know, we do actually have friends at WrestlePurist. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them being one third of the Grapsity podcast, Bleacher Report writer, Phil Lindsay. Thanks for coming on today. And uh, how you doing? I'm good. I got up uh, feeling a little sick, but I'm all right. Uh, internet issues abound, but we're we're here. <laughs> yeah, we worked through them. We had a little Wi-Fi glitch, you know, but, you know, we, we worked hard. We got through it. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, Ibu, rest of purists, the more regular phase around here. How are you doing today? Uh, it's a, it's the usual day off for me, meaning that I got to deal with like 17 pieces of bullshit, but um. Happy to be on here. Um, a little mad at Tony Khan because his Ring of Honor schedule is fucking up my schedule. So, uh, you know, I got I got some words from Mister Mister Khan later on regarding that. I think he should just counter program Impact and, and stop bothering me. Um, but no, other other than that, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy to be here. My man Phil Lindsay's finally on the pod with me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We've done a couple of spaces and stuff, so it's good to be here. Yeah, man. You've, you've definitely tried to get me in trouble with spaces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, see, you miss a lot of them because because of Brit time, but it is so mm. funny. I'll, I'll say something right, and you could you could over just the audio, you could hear him throwing his hands up. Like I'll I'll say something about somebody, <laughs> and he'll just be like, "Yo, that's yo, that's crazy." <laughs> bro, I'm like that. I'm not, I'm like that when I catch the spaces with you guys, bro. Especially when <laughs> when Chris and Robin Ao and running wild in there, bro. Like, you don't know what it's the been, cooking. You don't know what you're going to go in those spaces for, bro. It's crazy. Phil is like, yo, I know them niggas, bro. You need to relax. <laughs> yo, I still think one of the funniest spaces. Uh, that night we did spaces, and then like the next day, somebody was like, nah. Nah, Phil, you got one more time to be talking crazy, Slime. I was like, yo, I was talking crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yeah, yeah. Yo, the, the, the day of, uh, of, like, when we were just joking about Ricky Starks and, and like, you know, the, the whole nightmare factor. Y'all, you remember that? Like, we woke up the next day. It was like, yeah, backup Hangman and Phil Lindsay and Chris O'Bread were saying. Da, 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 da. It's like, yo, we was not saying that, bro. Like, we was... <laughs> Isn't That's a thing with spaces as well, bro, because it's like they're not recorded most of the time. Yeah. And people people just jump in the space and they can they think they can just say you said anything, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's fucking nuts, man. But yeah, man. Uh, Chris O'Brien. Chris is back. Mr. Unpurist. Uh, mm. Definitely one of the wild characters in these spaces. How are you doing today? I'm fine. I woke up, you know, pretty early. You know, it was, it was a beautiful day. It's usually not in Texas, but Damn. you know, I got my Malcolm X shorts on and I'm feeling like a revolutionary. That's some good shit right there, bro. Hey man, look, back <laughs> in the building, bro. Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> when you when you think about it, this is a this is a wrestle purist X unpurist X Grapsity podcast. Cause Chris is a is a Friday regular now, man. You know? Yeah, because I don't want me on the pod anymore. Yeah, so so let me let me explain that to the public. So basically, Chris Chris don't be on Thursdays no more because I told that nigga, uh, keep Whoa. that keep keep that nigga tree on Fridays. You feel me? And so I, <laughs> I had this check. I told him you're off you're off Thursdays for the time being. I told him he needs to straighten up his schedule, straighten up his internet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 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 we sent him over to AO, and hopefully AO's gonna whip him back up to shape. So th- this is his tryout. If Chris does good today, he's gonna stay on Thursdays. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, man. Ayo, right. a coach Ayo. Coach Ayo. That's that's the latest one. He went from EVP to CEO to now. Niggas are coaching. Yeah, we got him coaching in the PC. Y'all let him rock with the EVP, but when I say I'm president, niggas beat the fuck out yeah, of him. Yeah, because president, bro, it's a step too far, you know. <laughs> you know? Let's, just, let's, let's slow down a little, you know. <laughs> this is crazy, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, before we get started, please like, subscribe if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Um, super chats if you're feeling generous as well, always massively appreciated. We're going to get into a few of them right now. Um, yep. Zetopia Productions, 499. Ibu, you'd agree that Bran and Creed are the greatest trio ever, right? But for real, who are your who are three people y'all can see beating MJF for the title? Zootopia uh, Productions, thank you so much for the five dollar super chat. Uh, I am the only Bron Breaker enjoyer on the panel today, unfortunately. That's uh, not true. The, the man above me, <laughs> man above me, is an unabashed uh, denier and hater, and it is what it is. But um, are Bron and Creed the greatest trio ever? No, they are very fun. Their trios match this week on NXT was very entertaining, and if they united earlier. Bron wouldn't have gotten booed, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Nah, they uh, were plants, bro. All plants. Yeah, right. Was, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Uh, regarding MJF, who could I see? Uh, I could see. I could see them doing Hangman Page. I could see them doing. I kind of wanna see them do Eddie Kingston in a Mick Foley type of win. Uh, would they actually do that? Would he come back to AEW and it's his big redemption thing? Maybe. Maybe. Um, so I'm gonna throw those two in, and then the third name. I don't know what y'all think. Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, Kenny, one hundred percent. The three I can think of, I think they mm-hmm. are probably gonna circle back to Ricky at some point, and I could see Ricky beating him. Um, Hangman's right. a good shout. Um, Adam Cole is also there. A you good go, one. good one. Hmm. I, I, think, I wonder what. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Monty. Uh I think. Who I can actually see it being, um, fuck, I don't know, bro. Like it's it, it's really tough because it's like it's obviously it's so early into the round. It's like it's not even like they're uh, you know forecasting, foreshadowing that. If, I mean, uh, obviously you would assume if all that stuff didn't happen with Punk, that was probably going to be the natural trajectory. You know, what I mean, he wins the title and Punk, you know, like yeah. Or, oh shit, my bad. Kenny Omega's who I want now. That's like the only person I actively would like yeah. to see right now. Is Kenny <laughs> Omega being so? Um, yeah. Hangman, I just, I just don't think. <laughs> I think the idea of Hangman being world champion is a lot better than what he actually is at this point. You know, you didn't uh, like Hangman's run as champ. He wasn't. He wasn't. I always say this. It wasn't his fault. You know, every time he was put into a position, every time he was put into a position to perform, he did. He had great matches every single, pretty much every single time. But he always felt secondary to MJF and Pong. You know, and um, I just don't think they've done him justice in terms of spotlighting him and making him feel like the true, like top guy ace of the promotion. He never really felt that way to me personally. Um, I just don't think he was like spotlighted or. Even not really focused in on enough, like the, like the, fo- uh, the know, focus that went into was um, the, he was the first guy in the company to beat Brian. I don't know about all that. <laughs> he beat, yeah, he beat Phil, him in Phil, the matches. Hold but, on, hold on, Phil, Phil. Yeah, the matches were good, and he was not like treated like a like a like a joke. Like he was beating like heavy hitters and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, Monty's point, and I, I agree with it, is that like 
when you watch those dynamites, bro, it, this, it wasn't structured around him as like the main character of the show. Like I, it felt to me at least that like those late 2021, early 2022 dynamites, like the, the main character was Mr. Phil Brooks and the, and the feed with MJF. <laughs> I was just think that. That it's, it's true. They would get 20 minutes to talk about stuff. And then, you know, you'd probably get a match later in, in some cases. Uh, you know, like Hangman Page getting chokeslammed by Lance Archer. And then that's all you see of the show. You know, that 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 wasn't the, the, the focal point of some of those episodes. It, it kind of felt like he was like a, a guy who popped in to do his shit, uh, at least for me. And, and again, like, to Monty's point, I don't think it's like anything on him because his performance is mm. like his match yeah, is awesome. I just think um, I just don't think they really capitalize on all the momentum that he had when he first won the belt with his reign and also thereafter as well. You know, Um, hopefully now that he's just beat Max on pay per view, it's a huge win, Uh, especially in the manner that he did it. Obviously, coming off a feud where they've had a few matches, he's won the feud, evidently, um, it would seem. Obviously, it looks like they might be setting up some trios. We'll get into that later. But it does look like they are putting an effort back into like getting Hangman where he like should be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we'll see where it goes, you know. Um, Phil, Phil, are you an MJF guy? Yeah. All right. Just, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm just checking. You know what I'm saying? Just checking. The 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 Cause, 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 niggas have funny answers sometimes when you ask that. You know what I mean? It's like, like, nah, what do you man, think of this dude? You know, he's been he's been cooking, bro. I don't, I think anybody that that is still hating on this dude hard now, after mm. the match he just had at Revolution, man, you're just wrong at this point, man. The dude is, the dude is ridiculously good at ring. One of the best promos in the company. One of the best promos in the industry, honestly. Right. I don't know. Yeah, he's, Chris, he's, Chris, where, where, where you at? Where you at with that, bro? Uh, my problem with MJF has never been his in-ring stuff. I've always thought since the since the match he had with uh, Darby, I always like was like, yo, he's like one of the best in-ring wrestlers in the company. Mm-hmm. I think it's just his promos, and I think he's a good promo, like he's a good talker. But it's what he's talking about that sometimes loses me in the sauce. You know, I don't I don't care that you was an orphan and you know all the car crashes. I just don't care about that stuff. <laughs> What does this have to do with Brian Danielson, bro? Yo, <laughs> I do think he's a he's a great wrestler. He's a complete okay. wrestler when he's when he's on focus. I feel like sometimes he just like he needs to reel it in with the surrealism, you know. But I think he's yeah. great, you know. Yeah, man. Oh, I was, I was just thinking because you know it's like he's well yeah. champ. He's the champ, you know. Unpopular opinion this week with him deciding to throw a drink in a in a black kid's face. Oh hmm. no. Hmm. Got some heat, oh, you know? No. Tequila. No. Tequila is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I yeah, saw yeah, that, I and I saw people tweeting it, and I stayed away from all the discourse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't. Like, I was like, nah. I really I don't have an opinion on it either too much. Or, yeah. Or like, oh. it's, just, yeah. I saw it, and I was just kind of like, oh. And that's kind of all I have to say about I, it, you know. <laughs> I, I, I just seen I seen some nasty work around it. That's what I'll say. I saw I saw some nasty discourse. I seen some people trying to throw some shade on my guy because uh, he went and bought a foam finger. Just nasty, man. Just nasty work out there. Oh yeah, well, well Washington, yo, Tony owes Will so much, bro. Like <laughs> this man, this man jetted to get a foam finger, bro. I was like, yo, Jesus. good man. You know, he's a good guy. Yeah. Let's talk to Will Washington. He's a good dude, man. Yeah, shout you know out, what I'm man. Um, 
But yeah, let's let's get through these super chats. All right, Shaitan Spurs call it, five. Call racial tension in AEW. Shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five dollars, the best Chicago film. That's I mean, uh, you know, Fair. second best in my opinion. <laughs> oh, this is the best. That's funny. The best Chicago film, Showtime film. Um, appreciate the super chat, bam. Two dollars. Appreciate you as always. Money. Is it true? Wrestle Curious and Fox are in the bidding a bid war. Um, for <laughs> for what for tomatoes? I don't know what. That's Ibu. Uh, for Ibu, maybe. Oh, um, oh, because oh, they're saying because because FTR was uh, being repped by by Fox News on their socials. Fox News was that was weird, bro. That, that was, was weird. Just weird. <laughs> that was, I don't know what <laughs> on that Fox News to me. I don't know if it's just something that randomly blew up and they always talk about wrestling. But bro, that's not, that just it hit my tail weird. Bro, I don't know. Fox don't be posting about. They don't even post about their own NWA champion. You know what I mean? Like they don't. Their NWA champion. Yeah, yeah, bro. Tyrus Fox is NWA Fox. champion. Yo, like Tyrus is on the, on on that channel like twice a week. Well, he shouldn't be, you know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> he should be in wrestling. Well, yeah, fair. Darren Walker, <laughs> five pound super chat. Appreciate you as always. Hi, you be. How come no women on tonight? <laughs> Stand uh, with the furious women like Isra and Anna, and welcome to Phil. I'm sure you talk more sense than Ao and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, thank you so much. <laughs> Chris, you don't know about Darren Walker. I do know about Darren Walker. I don't even say anything. Just made a face like, who's this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, Republican black off my screen. <laughs> Darren, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, yesterday was International Women's Day. So I'm kind of all feminism now. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I, I used it all up on, on, on Wednesday. And so uh, kind of had to get in my... Kind of had to get in my tape bag today and book no women on this show. You feel me? Wow. Yeah. Having don't, even don't having that. <laughs> even having tape bag in your vocabulary is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. you know what I'm uh, uh, bam, two dollars. Get the bag back up. Great to see Phil on here. Great to see <laughs> Phil on here. Yeah, man. Appreciate you as always, bam. Um, That's good. Thank you, man. Jose Mourinho, five dollars. Uh, Monty hating on Hangman. I'm afraid I cannot speak. If I speak, I'm in big trouble. Very inside joke for the football fans. Jose, it's all it's everyone at Russell Pierce, but on Pierce who hate Hangman, bro. It's it's nasty, man. They don't want to see my guy win. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. Chris Lee's the pack, bro. Nah, AO needs the pack, bro. AO definitely hates you more than anyone. Uh, it's I mean, crazy, bro. I was the biggest baby face on this app a year ago. Who, 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 who hate? Who You hang, man. We talking about everybody, bitch. Oh, I was about to say. Yeah, but who who You're hates so... Hangman though? This dude. I mean, come on, man. What what is there to hate about this dude? Who's the cowboy? I'm talking about Ibu Hangman. It's just that I've got you. I've got I that. I think Jose was talking about Cowboy Hangman. Yeah, I thought we were talking <laughs> about uh. Uh, Page, I know we were talking. Yeah, about Hollywood. Hollywood. Oh, I, I, I got confused because I wasn't hating on Hangman. I mean, hating on Ibu that, sound, that sounds more correct to me, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I ain't hating on Hangman. Like I said he, he wasn't on him, bro. And any anything I said criticizing earlier was just like it wasn't Wait, on Hangman. Monty, Anytime, who do you think has the worst 
AEW title reign. Who had the worst <laughs> AEW world title reign? Mm, yeah. If I speak. Um, obviously, disqualifying Punk because he barely... No, you punk. can't disqualify Punk. Okay, Punk, punk then. Punk, Punk. All right, wait. Disqualify Punk. He didn't have a title reign. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he didn't have a reign, you know. He, he, like, he won the title. And then I guess he had a reign sat at home, you know. <laughs> then he came back and lost it to Max in uh in that squash. But um second worst, I'd probably say Hangman. Yeah, I'd say Hangman probably. Genuinely. Um yeah, I think I think they fumbled it, man. I think they fumbled it. Again, not his fault. But moving on. <laughs> five five triple two, twenty dollars. The elite is building his trios division to be the hottest thing in AEW. Blackpool Combat Club. Dark Order, Jericho Appreciation Society, The Elite, maybe Danielson, Takeshita and Garcia after Garcia is misted by House of Black next week. This division is going to be cooking all year. Um, hopefully, man. Obviously, that was the whole vision when they brought the trio starters in and The Elite was always going to be a big part in establishing the division. Uh, obviously, they've already had their big reign with it. Um, and yeah, man, the Revolution match was great and I'm sure this trio match that they set up uh, last night will be great as well. Um, what are your thoughts on the trios division at the minute, Phil? Uh, I think they're cooking. Um, I think uh, all of the matches the Elite actually had once they were back and they were on TV mm-hmm. were good. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, they made the right decision with going by, with House of Black at the pay per view. I think it's. I think it's in a good spot. Yeah, man, it's a good spot. It's just where to take it from here after you know the Elite have dropped the belts now, but. Next Wednesday is definitely a good start, I think. Uh, but yeah, I pre- appreciate the super chat. That's always far. Um, shall we get into a little bit of news, Ibu? I'll let you pick what we start with because you're the yeah. you know you're the discourse master. You know, I am, I am, I am, I am. Uh, yeah, so <coughs> not not a super duper um, marquee news week in terms of like. Big stories that jump out immediately for for Thursday specifically, but uh, a couple things have happened this week. But before we get into any of those, our guest here, Phil Lindsay, was at the AEW Scrum. Uh, Yeah, there was a Scrum right at the Revolution. MJF opened it. Uh, You know, Tony Khan fielded some questions. The whole Grapsity Boys, if I'm not mistaken, all all three of y'all were there, right? Yep, all three of us. Yeah, yeah. Personally speaking, when I, you know, I, I don't. I don't love the scrums, right? Because it just feels like there's just so many um, like time wasting questions or questions that it, it's just like, like, what are we even really talking about? You know what I'm saying? Personally, this is my thing, right? And then I think the mix between kayfabe and shoot can just be it can lead to some discrepancies. But but with that said, I thought they all all three of y'all actually asked very very good questions and things that I actually wanted to know. You know, you guys are trying to ask about Sasha. You guys are trying to ask about, you know, other other pressing uh, matters. So I, I guess my first question to you, Phil, was just what was your mindset going into doing that scrum? And what were you trying to accomplish being there? Um, well, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, the funny thing is when MJF first walked in and he started doing, which was clearly the punk parody, I'm like, Nah, I can't. I can't ask the question I want to ask because the question that, of course, everybody wants to ask at that point is, "All right, um, when are you wrestling CM Punk again?" Because I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, there's no way you come in here and do this parody, and I, I essentially are daring us all to ask about CM Punk, and I'm just yeah, like, and I just I couldn't figure out a way to ask a question about Punk and not get it, like I don't know, Swerved I don't want to him, like, avoided. And, and then he was also in character too, so I don't think he would have answered it honestly. But mm. yeah, I just I definitely seen all the visual cues that he was taking that night. Um, it definitely felt like if there was ever an edict to not talk about All Out or what happened after All Out, that's definitely gone. <laughs> mm. Um, I don't know what to make of that, but uh, just going into how to a- ask questions. Um, I definitely had questions for Tony. I had the Ring of Honor question first, um, but when I got to Mike, I was sitting there and I was like, "No, nobody's asked about Mercedes." I feel like that's the obvious question, right? Um, what, what did you make? What did you make of his answer? His his whole, you know, I respect Mercedes. Any company, didn't <laughs> say her name. He made sure not to say her name. Oh yes, he does. Yeah, he said, "I respect that wrestler." Like you know, she's uh, any company that has her is, is lucky to have her. You know, and then he just kind of <laughs> moved on. Um, I think he answered my question in about as coy of a way as he could, but I think he gave me the answer I was looking for. Um, I think that Which this is. confirmed for me that the reason she may or may not have been on the January 4th episode is because New Japan was like, nah, we got first dibs on this match. And the hint in that is him saying, well, you know, I would never step on my competitor's toes like that. I was like, yeah, I know. I know, Tony. I see what happened. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. So, yeah, so, you, so you, you do think that she's coming eventually, that it, it, it's, it's just a matter of like, they, they get to, they get first dib on the big shows with her. I didn't go in my I, I think if I think if she's still champion in June, there's no way she doesn't show up at Forbidden Door. Yeah, no, I can I can hear that 100. Uh, percent I think right. I think regardless, I think there's a chance like, if she's still doing the the dates. But of course, uh, you'd assume that when she drops the title, that's kind of like the end of the run, you know. But maybe maybe not. We'll see what she does. Uh, it seems like she's in a good place at the moment, and she just kind of you know do what she wants to do. So I guess. Step by step, match by match with Sasha, uh, Mercedes. But yeah, sure, man. I got... Okay. I was, was going to say, so, so when you guys go in, right, do they, like, warn you guys about anything before you start the scrum? Do they tell you specifically? Like, do they give you a list of things not to ask about? Like, how does that, how does that work? Are you, are you allowed to even get into that? Like... No, they don't, they don't give you a list of things you can't ask. Um, okay. I, I think it's kind of up to you to decide, like, what you want to ask and, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> I think the thing at this point with Tony is like, um, you kind of know the things he's gonna he's gonna dance around and he's gonna sidestep. Right. Right. Um, so I feel like you got to figure out how you want to answer ask a question and are you okay with him um, doing the business jargon with you because he's definitely gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, the thing. Just... It almost feels like it feels like you're solving a puzzle, right, Monty? Like, it feels like you got to, like, figure out, like, how he talks and, you know what I mean? Like, how to yeah, work. Yeah, it's funny, it is. And you, it's you, yeah, you, yeah. Phrasing um, and everything. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. I, I was glad that he came back around to me for a second question, though, because I did want to ask that ROH question. I just was like, uh, I think the Mercedes question is better. So when nobody mm-hmm. had another question at the end, I was like, oh, let me get this ROH question in. And, I mean, you would have thought I asked him, like... <laughs> you would have thought I asked him like how how was his life? How was his day? He was like, Oh my god, I'm so glad you asked. I was like, oh, Great. <laughs> Get into it. And I yeah, thought he I thought he gave a great answer to that, by the way. Yeah. Chris, you still there? You with us? 
You're on here. Oh, Chris, if, if, if TK was in front of you right now, what's the first thing you're asking him? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, <laughs> hey, bro, why are you not using your elite to full potential, bro? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> That's probably the first thing I'd ask him. Like, oh, would you be ready for him to save it like he is, you know? <laughs> and he'd be like, I'm using them and they're happy and da 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 da. He said, "You what? If he was, if he was like, I, I, I love Elite. I think Nick, Matt, and Kenny are, are great wrestlers. I, I love, I love having them in, in AEW. I think they've been great for our product. Uh, the fans love the Elite. Uh, we book for the quarter hours, and and they're doing great. And uh, the last match they had, which was great. Uh, if you look at the cage match score for their match Revolution, I mean, it's highly rated. It got a nine point two. And I love the Elite, and, I, and I'm happy to continue featuring them in all Elite wrestling." Like, that's what he would tell you. That's <laughs> exactly how he would answer that question. It's great to wrestle Chris that day because I'm walking out that scrum. That's not what I asked you, bro. <laughs> Why you lying, nigga? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Chris going to be like, are they signed or what? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even ask about the contracts. I know you wouldn't say anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> It's like your research, it's kind of like uh, solving a puzzle because you kind of have to. Um, you, I guess if you actually really want to try to find something out from him, judging from like, what I've seen of him in interviews and these scrums and media calls, you have to phrase it in a way where he kind of, if he doesn't talk on it, that's enough, if that makes sense. Like you have to mm-hmm. phrase things, you have to like throw curveballs and shit at him and trip him, not trip him off. <laughs> yeah. Not well, necessarily key, you, you gotta more, cross them over a little key, bit. Them over. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, like, like if I would, I would be like, "Yo, listen, Tony, uh, what's your mindset in terms of keeping key talent uh, long term in AEW, and how are how are you approaching that uh, when it comes to putting together your shows?" I feel like something like that. I feel like he, he might give me slightly more than he would if I was like, "Yo, is Kenny staying?" Like, it's also oh. um, it's also like uh. The day you catch him on. So remember that video? No, the video. The uh, podcast he done like two weeks, three weeks ago when he was talking about like, oh, we're at war, we're this, we're that. Like, bro, he was he was in the mood that day, bro. He was getting that's his the, shit off. That's because that morning he got the whitest signing with WWE text, and he was like, "All right, bro." He was like, "All right, <laughs> I got some shit to say about these." Right, well, we'll see what happens with him. You know. People think white is uh is by the way people think I saw a theory popularized by our very own Charlie. She genuinely believes Monty that uh Adam Cole is going to be linking up with uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson. Well, mm. I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I I, th- I think people need to start warming up to the idea that Jay White is going to WWE. I think it's definitely happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you think it seems the most likely, especially when like uh. I think it might have been one of Sean's reports on Select, where it's just like, like the talent in New Japan think that's where he's going as well. You know, like, that's where like everyone, like inside, outside, yeah, fans, yeah. Like, everyone that thinks he's going to WWE, no, yeah, to WWE. Yeah. So, <laughs> that you know, was definitely funny last night seeing the big Bullet Club logo pop up, and I was like, oh, Jay's here, and it was like, oh. Yeah, you know, the crowd reaction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, uh, Juice is cool too. <laughs> mm. Bro, that, that whole that whole arena popped crazy. They definitely thought he was walking through. Yeah, he's uh, I think Chris yeah, is the man. biggest Robinson fan out of all out of the four of us here. I like Juice, man, but I think Tony's like trying to make me hate him, you know? 
Like, <laughs> not, in, not in the like good booking a heel way either, bro. Like it's just uh, we'll get into it when we get to that start. Yeah, so we'll, we'll yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like Juice, man. I think I think he's good. It's just usage has been a problem the past what like two years now. Get um, ready for Finn Juice and Dynamite, man. But but yeah. Cody had to beat him for that belt, man. He had to beat him for that U.S. title. Are you, are you claiming that 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 set his career back? Like, you know, no, I'm, I'm, 100% I'm, set his career back. What? Cody, Cody beating. Cody, I, think, I think Cody being juiced for the title set his career back. <laughs> Break it down for us, Chris. Really what, happened? what happened, Chris? I Tell me what, like, what happened to you. I, I I love Cody. Like he's my top ten all time. But I hate mm-hmm. Cody's New Japan run, bro. It's so bad. <laughs> For me personally, I just, I just really hate that run. And him being yeah. juice at that point, it was like, I don't know. Not fun. We rock hard on the Respirators podcast. I saw you tweeting about how how Cody versus Kenny was horrible. I I, I need to go back and watch oh. it, bro. I, in a minute, bro. I, I haven't seen it in a minute. Are you talking about the the one at uh Cal Palace? That that match? They wrestled twice, right? Yeah. There was it was a Cal Palace, and then it was like a G one special, yeah. right? Yeah. Bro, I don't know what it is. The Cal Palace, I think. Twenty eighteen wrestling is a blur to me right now. I, I I don't even remember if Cody was good or not. You know, but everybody says that the Kenny matches were bad. So yeah, I don't, Co- I don't Cody's know. whole like indie run was like weird. You know? Weird, but like it's also like ruled at the same time. You know, like, it was just, <laughs> because he was this WWE guy, like so blatantly. You know, like he's <laughs> like he's on the indies trying to have matches yeah. with Ishii and shit, and it's just like come on, bro. <laughs> And and the thing is, like other, I love him other, now, man. He's a other former WWE dudes that do that, like they try to like fit in and change how they work and stuff, and like start doing mm. strong style spots. Cody wasn't throwing forearms. Like Cody wasn't. Cody was doing the, the dusty punches and, and and the bionic elbow in yeah, the, the, dro- the drop like, down punch and shit. <laughs> yeah, like to like to, to Minoru Suzuki. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's a, like, he's, a, he's a beast, you know. He, he doesn't mesh perfectly with everyone, but he's he's a beast, bro. Right. Yeah, I, I still like the the match with Coda at Wrestle Kingdom, but who who could possibly have a bad match with Coda? That match is good. That man, that man's. We are gonna see that man again uh, in GCW in about a month. So, uh, oh, wild, it's oh, like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> at least it's at least it's blood sport, though. You know. Yeah. I, I, I ain't too yeah, mad. Always, it's always pop, man. You know, Josh Barnett, pop. Josh you know. <laughs> Real yeah. combat sports, you know. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of news, man. We've been talking a little contracts. Let's talk briefly about Brian Cage, who um, apparently his deal's running out, and he is actually going to run out with AEW, and it looks like he's apparently very interested in seeing what free agency is going to say to him. Uh, WWE are apparently monitoring his situation. This is according to Fightful Select yesterday. Um, Brian Cage had a re- weird run with AEW, man, because um, there was like that year period or so where he just wasn't used at all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, his, girl, his girlfriend was on social media tweeting about it, venting about it, blah, 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 blah. And he, he got him some heat. And then he came back and... He, People were really high on him again, and now his contract situation has come up, and it's you know it's uh he's had a weird run, man. But he's a very good wrestler, a very unique look to say the least. Um, 
you know. Uh, but where are you at with it, Chris? Do you want him to resign with AEW? Like, uh, would you not care if he left? Like, where are you at with Mr. Brian Cage, the machine? I, I want him to resign. I think he's like a great upper mid card heel, or even can be a great upper mid card babyface uh, if given the right stories. Um, I think he's a great wrestler. I really hope if he does leave, I hope he gets his Kenny match because that's like his dream match against Kenny. But if he if he leaves, I don't think it's a big blow to AEW or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do hope he stays. Yeah, like it's not a big deal, but it'd be nice to keep him around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, where where are you at with? Mr. Brian Cage, Phil. Uh, I don't know what to make of him because I do think um, at some point he was the odd man out in his own stable, and he was the first guy in that stable, yeah. which makes it weird. Uh, but I do feel like uh, like after a while, it's like, nah, everybody else in your stable is more interesting than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's when people kind of started turning on him. I saw a lot of uh, Brian Cage hate after that time period, but... I'm like, this dude is really good in ring. And so I think that uh, him coming back in the last few months and showing people like, nah, I've got something to offer in ring. I've got something to offer the ring of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been good to see, but <sighs> I almost feel like he doesn't fit there, man. I almost feel like he would fit better at like WWE or somewhere else. Um, can, it seems know, crazy to that. think about, but he had a better run with Impact. Hey, <laughs> W. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not that doesn't surprise me to be honest. But but I mean, just in the sense that, uh, like you would think, like as good as this guy is, he's on network TV again. It's just weird. It's wild to think about it that he had a better run and impact. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like he would fit better in WWE right now. Phil, you know what I? Well, you know what I've come to realize with uh with, with Brian Cage, it, it hit me in this return run. Like the thing about him is. He he doesn't work in a in a mid card putting people over role. Like I, I feel like the thing with Cage is his his the type of like worker he is and like the type of gimmick he has, you almost have to build around him and have him be dominant and just kind of being a muscle man that just puts over mid card baby faces. Like I it almost feels like what's the point of him? Yeah, and, and I say that as somebody who's good he's to be just a heater. He, he's way too good for that. You know? uh, he, he, he can't, you can't just make him some random henchman. He's too good for that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I, I don't know. And I, I, I like Brian. I, I advocated to bring him back to TV. You know, I, he's not like like he's talented enough to be on television. You know what I mean? Like that that year that he was off, it was just kind of, you know what I mean. But at the same time, like I said, like like when he came back and had the Wardlow match, I thought that was really good. Yeah. Right. But over time, you start to see him, and his only presence on TV is to put over a Jungle Boy or put over, you know, Takeshita and Danielson. And, like, yeah, he should, in theory, lose to all these people. You're invested in all of them. But it's almost just like, then what's even really the point of him? You know what I'm saying? Just the effect of even, oh, this guy beat Brian Cage doesn't mean much after a while because it's like everybody beats Brian Cage. Yeah. You know what Especially I mean? when they do it so frequently. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like, um, it's like Tony Khan remembers he's got him. Books in four weeks in a row. Yeah, beats him three times, you know, and it's just like, yeah, and then he'll win like fucking seven matches on dark or whatever the fuck, and then next time he's on TV again, he's losing to someone else, and the person who's beat him, he loses, he loses, you know, of course it loses. Oh shit, we lost Chris talking of losing. Um, 
My definitely. Obviously, it loses like gravity. It loses importance and shit. So yeah, I. So in my opinion, Monty, I feel like Tony. I feel like he goes through his own roster page, and like every couple months, he picks one to two guys, right, and drops them in a in a guy I can beat like folder or something, and just copy and paste their name into like four straight weeks of TV. You know what I'm saying? Like him, Lethal. There's all these guys he just falls in love with, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna just use him on TV a lot to just put people over. And he ends up using those guys more than certain like key talents at times because of yeah, because of the fact yeah. that they, they get to do jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we've, uh, we've seen it happen, bro. He, he, the way he circles talents very interesting, you know. Oh, oh and I, I forgot to address the WWE aspect of this. Uh, listen, um, you know, I don't know how he's gonna do with the wellness situation over there, you know. But uh, <laughs> if 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 you know, hmm. Rick Boogs is on that show and he looks crazy. <laughs> You know Rick Boogs, so he's like Rick Boogs. He's so big here. Like, <coughs> when I see it's... him on the screen, like a pop, like a, like a laugh or something, <laughs> like, you know, like you're just like, fuck, you know. <laughs> bro, he's comic. Arms are fucking hilariously big, bro. Like, <laughs> it's it's comically large, which is why for me it's just like, like I. Right, so if if they're letting him rock, then they should like Cage Rock. Uh, in my opinion, Monty, I think Brian Cage could be slotted in in carrying Cross's exact position and get more out of that role than he does. Um, I don't particularly see him as a, as a top. Yeah, you know. I just yeah. <laughs> the wellness thing does actually concern me. Yeah, because just like bro, he's so. Okay, look, boogs. Okay, he's got huge arms and shit. Like. <laughs> Brian Cage is so clearly like the um, the physical embodiment of like <laughs> steroids and wrestling, you know. Uh, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what he's taking on his cycle, bro. But like, just look at him, bro. Like, it's just it's so unnatural, you know. And uh, some a friend of mine brought it up to me before. It's just like having him on national TV. It's just like. After everything wrestling's gone through, like steroids and that, just to throw him out there on 2023 on Fox would be like <laughs> wild, <Fox>. you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I will say with the whole Vince thing, and these are all just coincidental stuff things, but it is funny that, like, in, in a two day stretch, right, we got Vince is in Gorilla, Gargano is in the PC the next day, and then WWE reportedly has interest in Brian Cage. Like, it, it's just hilarious, ironic things that you could point to all being Vince related, which probably not, but it is. <laughs> he put the hands up. <laughs> Listen, bro, like, we're gonna, we'll, we'll, we might as well talk Vince now, like, uh, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it throughout uh, throughout the week. Yeah? This is the first chance yeah. we got to talk about him being in Gorilla all night at Raw. And mm-hmm. so obviously, as people remember, it was reported before Raw yes, uh, yesterday, on Monday, that, uh, you know, Vince was backstage, people were wondering, oh, what's he going to be doing? Oh, is he just seeing Cena, you know? Is he just saying hi? And he's just like, nah. Yo, that Dave Meltzer jumps on Observer Radio the next day and he's like, yeah, he was in Gorilla all night. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, look, people that thought this man was really pulling up to Raw just just because he thought John, saw John Cena was there to just say hi, that's crazy. Like, this man not showing up to Gorilla just to say, hey, John, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> Did it dap him up and leave? Nah, that wasn't <laughs> happening. <laughs> the mustache as well. There was a big mustache gate. You know, uh, apparently Vince has got a mustache now, according to the people that saw him on Monday. 
there was a picture going around, and that was a fake picture, but still an incredible visual nonetheless. There's been a couple of those floating around. Um, but yeah, but Vince got a moustache. Which is just crazy, bro. Like, yo, like, that, he, he's, that, like 80, he's like eighty, bro. Like, <laughs> yo, that viral picture before we found out that was fake, son. I was laughing way too long at that picture. <laughs> like, like he's in a t-shirt. He got the mustache. I was like, yo, who is this, bro? Like, yo, there's there's nobody in wrestling like Vince McMahon. Like. Yeah, just, there's nobody else in wrestling that people would have this long fascination about. What is this dude doing off camera? Like, just the idea that people were photoshopping mustaches on this man's face <laughs> all like but tonight. Like, who else could who else could do that? It's it, the the other funny thing is like, you know, what's the truth? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like some people from the company are gonna tell reporters, well, he just seeing Cena, right? You can see Cena on your days off. You can fly. A, you can fly a private jet to see Cena anytime you want, right? And was he there just to see John? I'm sure that was part of it, but you know, it's been reported and, and confirmed to Dave Meltzer that he was sitting in Gorilla. And when I asked about it, because I, I, I did ask somebody about it and someone who would know, and I was just basically told he just sat there. He wasn't in Triple H's chair. Triple H's chair is the main chair. You know, which that Vince used to sit in, and, and he wasn't sitting there, but he was just sitting inside Gorilla, and that he was just kind of hanging out, giving his opinions on things as it happened, and that was just kind of okay. it. Yeah, right. Now, so so what does that mean, though? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get any anything past that, but it's just like, like what could? Because imagine, right? A man Gargano and Finn Balor get in the ring, right? And he just looks at Hunter. He's like, "Yo, what are you doing, yo? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, what if?" <laughs> What if after the first the first uh, lockup, he's like, "Yo, this better not go five minutes. Like, it's going five minutes, and they're like, it's going ten, and he's like, nah, 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 nah. what are we doing? You know what I mean? So it can mean a lot popping. of things. I wonder what's popping him at the moment in uh, the world. The maximum man I said it on Monday, bro, before Raw when we was doing the podcast. Like, I think there is genuinely a chance that like, that, that was the first episode of Raw that he's watched from start to finish since his retirement <laughs> and come back. <laughs> I don't know what he's been up to, bro, but I just can't imagine him sitting down at home for three hours watching Raw when he's not in Gorilla. You know, obviously, I don't know the guy, but you know, <laughs> it's just, I just can't imagine it, bro. I really can't. Nah, I. I can't imagine him sitting there and watching Raw and like seeing all the camera cuts for the first time ever, and he's just like, "Nah, Kevin is OD with these, these <laughs> camera cuts. You gotta chill out, man." I didn't even, I didn't even realize that. Like, he advises Dunn to do whatever he wants to do, but that's because he's not watching the show. You know what I mean? He's in the chair. Like, like, could you imagine him at home with the camera cuts? And he's like, "Oh, this show's unwatchable. It's crazy." Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough, you know. Uh, Do you think he buried anything? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Like just, just I mean, from like, um, just from like people saying that, you know, obviously it's not really like out there, out there. But like people saying that he was in Gorilla giving his opinion on things. I think that's just kind of a polite way of saying, you know, he was in Gorilla uh, shit. Uh, 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 <laughs> I really I do mean, think that is just a polite way of saying it. I mean, what do you mean? He made him look. He made him turn the hundred. Yeah, right. Keep out and turn the hunter, right? And he's just like he looks at Sammy Zayn and he's like, You're telling me he's over? And he's like, Yes. Like I swear to God, he's he's the most over Bayface in the company. Vince is just like, 
you're you're lying. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, there's no because, bro. We saw how Vince treated Sammy. You know what I mean? Among other people. Hey man. <laughs> hey man. Omos versus uh. Exactly. That's uh... mind you, mind you. Omos is a guy that the pre this this Hunter regime they weren't using him, bro. They weren't using him. They brought him back to TV purely to put over Braun Strowman and took him back off TV. But now he's facing Brock, and 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 people want us to take this at face value and and, and that like, you know, like come on, son. Nah, it's just crazy to go from like unused to. Facing bro, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's that that right there is the difference between both people's creative visions. You know what I mean? Vince is like, uh, so, so what's Omos doing? Triple H is like, what? He's not on the card. Just quoting his holy, like, seven well, foot well, three, well, you know. <laughs> while, while we're here, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, Phil Lindsay, what do you think about this construction of this? Uh, Bloodline story leading into Mania with with Cody and Roman and and the Usos and Sammy and, and KO. I think it's great. I think people that uh, worked themselves up over the idea that it should be Sammy were fooling themselves. It was never going to be Sammy. It was always Cody's. Uh, it was always Cody's spot mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, and I think Cody's got to beat him. Um, if listen, if Roman is still champion after WrestleMania, I don't know what we're doing, bro. Like I, that's really bad. That's like I don't really know what bad. we're doing, man. <laughs> It'd be fucking terrible. But it would I, honestly, yeah, it would put us back to where we was in, um, you know, before Cody showed up at Mania, and it was just like, who the fuck's gonna beat Roman? Like, what are we? Like, yeah, we got to a point where it looked like there wasn't even anyone you could build up, you know. Um, then all of a sudden we got Sami Zayn, who was built up, and like, you know, if the Cody thing wasn't going on and he wasn't built up the way it was, and Cody didn't already win the Rumble, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then obviously Sami Zayn would have been seen as a very viable person to beat Roman, and you've got Cody as well. So we went from yeah. having zero to two, and if Roman just beats both of them in the space of like two months, <laughs> we're back to where we was. We're fucked again. So uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, Cody's got to win. It would be so like. And the crazy thing is, like, he's probably not retaining and, like, because it just wouldn't make sense. And yet, I don't know what it is. Lately, I've been kind of getting nervous. Like, I'm just seeing people tweet about it, and I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, what if You always get nervous when Cody's involved, bro. It's, it's, it's slightly <laughs> concerning as a friend, you know? You think that's bad? You should have saw me. Listen, you should have saw me watching Revolution when MJF came out in the devil mask. When that man came out in the mask that he wore it all out, Bro, I, I I I was just walking back and forth for the whole first half of the Iron Man match. Like I was literally theory crafting as the match was happening. Nasty business. Crazy. Uh, let me fly through some more super chats real quick though. Yeah. Uh, this one's from earlier. Hangman Page is not the one to battle, not CM Punk. He's a special one. See, you know what I mean? People always gotta get the D gun on CM Punk, you know. But when he's back, you'll all love him, you know. Uh anyway. Five for two, five dollars. Appreciate it. Cody Rose did not find it until 2021. I mean, he's uh, definitely does. He I does definitely feel. Uh, he de- he does feel. I wouldn't say he's only just found it in 2021, but he's definitely elevated since then as well. You know. Yeah, um, I, I I agree that he's elevated, but to say he hasn't, he wasn't 
he wasn't yeah. cooking in 2018. That's kind of crazy. Like, nah, yeah, that, I'm, that I'm dust with, with you on that. Like, yeah. Huh? yeah, I love Cody, man. It's not, it's no secret on uh, on these pods. So, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, this doesn't make sense. 2019, he was the best baby face in the world. That's what, what I'm talking? saying. Nah, Cody was cooking in 2018. <laughs> yeah, what is this man yeah, talking? This is well, Darren Walker, two pounds. Cody versus Nick Aldis, very good matches. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Great the match at all in was fucking tremendous. Nice. You know, he tricked niggas into thinking NWA was good. Like, what are we talking? <laughs> what are we talking about, bro? He, he had me watching Power. Like after after the Nick Aldis match. Power was apparently Power was you know, Power was, was a good show. There, there was, was a, good, there was a time when they had Ricky Starks. They had uh, Eddie Kingston, Drake. Thunder Rosa was on there cooking too. Yeah, Eddie Power was good at first. Yeah, Yeah, what, bro? I watched the first like seven weeks of that show. And then you know, Corgan got to you know he got too excited and fucking tyrants. Yeah, he 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 went crazy, bro. Um, With the first live part, (laughs) yeah, bro. We had fuck. What are we doing? What are we doing? Anyway, Ricky. Uh, 499. Appreciate the super chat. Thanks for showing up to support on Sunday, Ibu. You left your fedora in my hotel room that night. Oh uh, my! Stop by to pick it up when you want. <laughs> Ibu, you keep getting caught out by this Ricky guy. Yo, yo, this, this Ricky, he got, he knows a different Ibu, bro. Like I don't, I've never been in any physical space with you. I've never been in a hotel room at any evening with you ever. I've never left any of my paraphernalia or clothing in your places of of, of living. Uh, so I, I don't know where that's coming from, Ricky, but I, I appreciate the super chat. Well, <laughs> do appreciate the super chat as always. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Podcast one ninety nine. Uh, I'm going to be Stash Vince for Halloween. You're gonna know right, he's scary, bro. Be on the list. Be on the list, bro. Get his ass on the list, bro. Is Chris back? Chris. Is that Chris? Is he finally back? I think so. My Wi-Fi decided to. Not work. Is it back now? Or are you you doing five G or some shit? Yeah, I I thought you intentionally left because uh, you saw WWE chat was no no nah, nah, Chris. Oh, no. <laughs> Chris is a professional. This nigga, he, he, well, not a he's not a professional actually. His Wi Fi is horrible, but he nah Chris Chris will you know if we had to talk about fucking. MLW, he'll 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 entertain himself. Chris dropping off is a it's kind of a usual thing. That's why we kind of was unmoved when it happened. Yeah, yeah. we were just like, yeah, <laughs> we were just, just kind of like waiting for him to come back. Because, All right, yeah, Chris, while we have you, because we're probably gonna lose you in about five minutes. Chris, do you have anything to say about Vince McMahon in a mustache hanging out in Gorilla on Raw, allegedly to just visit John Cena and watch the show? Hey man, Demon Home. I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what you think going on, Chris? Hey man, if, if Vince don't got power by SummerSlam, then he's gone for good. That's what I'll say. So my, my question back in creative by SummerSlam, it's Jover for him. My question to you, Chris, is uh, you know, it was it was explained to me that he did out loud say his opinions on what he was watching, but he was not leading or directing the show or involved with the creative process of it. So do you think huh. it's something as innocent as just Hmm, that's an interesting finish. Or you think he was out here just like, yo, man, these dudes stink. Bro, <laughs> he definitely made a list of all the wrestlers Triple H were pushing. Like, huh, John Gargano, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, Gargano everyone Triple H saw Yeah, everyone Triple H saw it. He was just looking at the sideways. You know? <laughs> no. He whispered whisper to Bruce, anybody I don't recognize here, bro, is getting fired after Mania, bro. I swear to God. <laughs> 
Hey man, Roman keeping that title bro. now too. Oh, when's Bruce gonna when's Bruce gonna come out of witness protection, bro? Bruce has been missing, bro. <laughs> like, bro, I, I can't I can't I can't say who told me this. I can't say, right? But someone in WWE, I was like, why is Bruce still there? And he was like, because Cody likes him. Nasty. Yeah, they're they're texting buddies. <laughs> oh man. Bruce, you know, something to wrestle Cody with, you know. <laughs> yo, 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 when Vince came back, Bruce is like, he's done miracles on me. <laughs> yo, enough of this shit, bro. Um, let's, uh, let's, you know, fuck it. Let's just, let's skip to Dynamite, man. Get right to Dynamite, um, man. Let's do it. Get right into it. So, this is obviously the uh, first show after Revolution. Um, right. And, uh, an interesting show, you know, uh, interesting follow-up episode of TV, show. I thought. Uh, we'll get into it piece by piece, though, because that's what we do. Right. Opening up, Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal, All-Atlantic Championship. Um, this went about 15, 17, 18 minutes. Uh, good, good bit of pro wrestling. Um, the finish was really good with Jay Lethal's arm being worked on. He went to hit his finish and kind of like collapsed under the weight of himself. And Orange took advantage of it. And you know, they, they had a pretty good match. And after the match, Jay Lee, um, Lethal wanted to attack with his Golden Globe thing, and the ref got rid of him. And who shows up behind? Jeff Jarrett, of course, attacks Orange Cassidy, attacks the leg with the guitar, smashes it over his knee. Um, and yeah, that was obviously setting up the match that got announced later in the show. But yeah, man, I thought I thought it was a good match, but it just <laughs> you know what I mean, like, it's like you've just had a really great pay per view, yeah, and it's just like an that, amazing. You open, you open your show one with the best twenty minutes I've ever like, seen in American I mean, wrestling history. Yeah, person. man. Yeah, literally, like you have one of your greatest ever pay per views, and you immediate follow up to that, like the next bit of programming we see is fucking just like another. Almost, yeah. I don't want to say random because I have been like doing a storyline with like Orange and like uh, Team Jarrett and shit. But yeah. fuck, man. <laughs> it wasn't like a, it wasn't a follow up to Revolution at all. It went kind of long. Like I said, it was kind of nice wrestling, but it wasn't like the most like interesting heated bit of wrestling I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, the finish was good, but yeah, I just thought it was a I thought it was a choice. To say the least. Uh, Phil, where was you at with uh, this opening and obviously the match itself? Um, I think it's crazy that at one point people were like, man, Jay Lethal is not on TV enough. This man is on TV every week, sometimes twice a week now. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy is on TV constantly. And he's been having great matches. Like, I'll give him his credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree, like, it, this was an interesting choice to come out of the pay-per-view and mm-hmm. not have anything story-wise to start the show with. You just start with Orange Cassidy versus Lethal. And when I really think about it, though, what storyline would they have led off with if they did? Because, I mean, you pretty much have a definitive wrap-up to the Brian and uh, Max stuff. I don't know. Where, where, where would you have led off? Do you, Unless you want to... I would have like, really liked... Um, I would have really liked MJF on the show. Like, actually on the show. Like, even with, like, his fucked up eye and shit that we saw, like, earlier today. Um, 
Oh yeah, absolutely. He's like, but yeah, bro, just something yeah. like what were the the big things coming out of Revolution was like MJF survived Danielson and had this all time great AEW match. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of like the big thing coming out of Revolution. So it's like in my head, it's like logically that's what you fucking well, that's what the people want. Do you know what I mean? So even something like that, or even just like something with Hangman. What was more than what we got last night, you know? Uh, yeah. Because obviously Hangman overcoming Max in that, like, the most violent match in the fucking company's history, like, that was a big thing, or... I don't know, man. Like, just some, one of the, something <coughs> to carry on, one of the big happenings of the show, you know? You know what? Now that I think about it, if they did open the show with something, storylines, the, the, the thing that carried over the most from... Uh, the pay-per-view, and I thought they stuck the landing was the Ruby thing. And I don't know if that was good enough to open the show, but I do think, like, it would have been a nice change of pace to have, like, the women start the show with, like, a promo. Because they don't ever do that. Yeah, man. And, like, even, even, like, the Ricky the Ricky thing as well, it's just, like, even though what they ended up doing, thank God, fire. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's fire. <laughs> fire. Okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, man. Like, again, like I said, I just thought it, I just thought it was a. Cho- I just thought it was just a really interesting choice because you know, yeah, it's the it's the dynamite following up from Revolution, so you would expect to like you know get to it. You know, uh, coming out of the pay per view, there's questions that like fans kind of have wondering. Like, oh, I wonder what Hangman's going to do next. What Stark's going to do next? What's next for MJF? Who's going to challenge him? Um, Jungle Boy. You know. All, all these Jungle Boy, of course, who wasn't even on the show, I don't think, unless I missed like a pre tape or something. No, he wasn't. Um, no, he wasn't. All these things, and it's just like you've got all these options to pick, you know, and you you like you do what you've done in the past fucking month or so. It's just like, yeah, Orange Cassidy, you know, <laughs> yeah, get the Orange Cassidy match on, you know. It, it, it was, it was, yeah, I did think that was weird too, personally, man. Like, uh, I don't know, I just, I just feel like <laughs> Revolution was so great, right? And, um, it's one of those shows where it's just like, it's just so inarguably high level that maybe if you were, whether you were someone who was high on the week to week TV leading up to it or not, you come out of that show energized. Right. And I just mm-hmm. feel like it's a weird energy coming from that straight to like 22 total minutes of TV time devoted to, uh, the, the feud of orange Cassidy and, and Jeff Jarrett stable. Which wasn't uh, even I, on the pay-per-view, you know? Like, yeah, like I, Jeff I don't, Jarrett I don't, was in the tag total match, but again, just... That's just well, not a point for I, I guess Orange was yeah. as well. So it's yeah, just, I was about to say, it was basically on the pay-per-view, yeah. they both were in yeah, the tag yeah, he, he was a, It's not like they were further in that story much, you know, I guess. As I'm but, saying, it, it, it was just, they were filling guys on the tag. For me, uh, that just doesn't feel like appointment viewing for what should be mm-hmm. appointment viewing, which is your fallout show. I would have had, like, personally, if you had, if you asked me, and not to be an armchair booker because I don't have the responsibility of putting together the shows, but I, I would have structured Dynamite completely differently. Like I would have had MJF taking the victory lap live on TV probably to open the show. Uh, the Danielson promo that we'll get into, which I thought was amazing, right? I would have tried to maybe get a version of that uh, on live TV and, and have him literally just walk off like the set or the stage or some shit. Um and like Monty said, I I, I kind of would have been more focused follow up on some of the more key guys on, on the show. But look, in a vacuum, Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal look they're not bad wrestlers. You know what I mean? Orange Cassidy's tremendous. Yeah, and both really good. So like, it's not a bad match at all. Um, Jeff Jarrett did the post match attack, and it looks like we're gonna get a title match next week uh, for the <laughs> Chris for the renamed uh, international championship. 
Uh, I'm. I really feel like he's gonna win that match. Am I tripping? Like, no. is this is Jared about to win this I see, it, bro. I don't know. If, if, listen, if Jeff Jarrett, if Jeff Jarrett wins that match next week, bro, like, I'm gonna be tweeting. <laughs> yeah, like, no way, man. No. He's like no the way, ultimate carny, you know, like the <laughs> ultimate. Like he can convince a promoter to do anything, bro. If he wins that fucking, he wins that strap next week. If if, if he's just, if he goes in twenty zero and he's just like, if I win this. We can make a big baby face when they beat me, and he just he, like Tony buys it. Stop, man! Cut it, no. Um, there was a point during that tag match that I bit on that false finish, um, and I was like, "Is Jared really gonna win this match?" Like, yeah. Uh, which, speaking of that tag match, that tag match was much better than I thought it was gonna be. That was the match on the card. That I was like, "This, I don't know about the lineup, but this, this looks kind of weird." But it was a good match. <laughs> Yeah, it was, fun it, it, was, it was what I expected it was going to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those matches where when you see the graphic, it was like, oh, no. We've done it on a pod. We, we kind of like broke it down on one of the podcasts. And it's like, when you actually break it down, it wasn't that bad. Because like the acclaim just so over. The guns have got all that heat. Orange and Danhausen were always going to be over, you know. Uh, Satnam Singh got hit with a fame or something, you know. And just all those sort of elements. It's just, you know, it's just, it was always going to be. That was dope. That year, was dope. But... Yeah, man. Uh, Chris, do you have anything to add about the Orange Leaf or opening up the show? Or are we going to move on? Uh, I thought the ending was like really, really good. I thought it was a botch at first, uh, but I thought the ending was really well uh, worked out. And mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Jarrett's a real wrestler, man. I don't know what to tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not. I'm glad you brought that up, though. That finish was really smart. Um, um, yeah, it having was. the the work shoulder all match uh, cost him the match was great. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, now they though. should never wrestle again on Dynamite, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know this what I noticed? Like the fourth time they wrestled on Dynamite. Our very own Manny pointed this out, Monty. So Tony Khan on Twitter justified this matchup with Orange Cassidy and Jay and uh, Jay Lethal by going, uh, "It's a rubber match." Uh, they, they, it does big box office. Uh, it was, it was, it did a million uh, in the viewership last time. Said box office. <laughs> he said box office, bro. He said box office. Find a tweet. Not and then, box office. yo, I'm gonna find it right now. I'm gonna find it right now. Tony Khan, as I'm looking it up, right, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna find it I, right know, I remember him saying it was like the most watched match in Dynamite this year. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he said box office. You know, that's kind of all right, here we go. It's, it says, given that the series is tied one-one, the challenger is the last man to pin the reigning champion cleanly. Their first fight was a big box office success. Their second fight was AEW's most watched match of 2023, over 1.2 million viewers. It sets up yeah. a big rubber. So here's the thing, right? Check this out. Number one, box office is regarding ticket sales. So he's he misused that. But but the real big thing is when he said it drew 1.2, like I believed it. I took it at face value. I'm like, damn, I, okay. Then I realized it's because it opened the show. Like AEW's peak quarter is usually always the first quarter. So you know what I'm saying? You could throw anything at the beginning of Dynamite, it's gonna do over a million. True. <laughs> True. Right? Well, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Cassidy always has that spot, it seems lately as well. Like, just like open up with uh, Jane and just, you know. Big Bill and shit, like opening the show. <laughs> I, I don't know if y'all. Oh, shit. What's up, Chris? 
I, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but like every time a new person wins like a championship, Tony Khan sends them the rampage for like the first <laughs> month of the reign. And then they just after that first month, they send him he sends them back to Dynamite. He did his with Swerve in our glory. He did it with uh Wardlow when he first won the belt. He always does it. Like Cassie was like the ramp, <clears throat> Mr. Rampage for a while, but now mm-hmm. he opens Dynamite. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, that's, it's all like, uh, interesting. It's interesting how he, it's all like, uh, how he, how, like, when Rampage was first, like, starting and Tony was kind of like, you know, they're going to be the same, like, but obviously one of them's another sort of thing, but like, there won't be like a brand split or anything or anything like wildly different about the show. Um, he does, he kind of has like a rotating roster for each one, if that makes sense. Like, he has these guys yeah. that he uses for Rampage for a few months, and then he'll cycle them back in and out, kind of like what Chris was saying with the uh, champion. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting because he kind of does have his, like, on-the-fly rosters for Rampage, <laughs> it feels, sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing to point out, I think. Mm. Um, right. Let's do this Hobbs promo. Hobbs got a promo on Wardlow, basically saying that Wardlow got his belt stolen and the all these terrible things happened to him, but it wouldn't be him, you know. He basically said it wouldn't be me though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, no, not not much, not much to review here. Just partners. I thought like, about him, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, people would have knew it was Hobbs' car, you know. Yeah, yeah, he probably knew. Niggas know better. Uh, but yeah, man. Shout out Hobbs, bro. We love Hobbs. Okay. Right. So, like, at this point of the show, though, everything I just said about the opening is kind of like how I was feeling in the moment as well. Like, why are we opening with this? Uh, this is going a bit long. Oh, it's a good match, though. That's a good finish. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, Pop. You know what I mean? That's kind of like my mindset throughout this. Then, uh, then Ricky Starts comes out. I'm like, all right, cool. We're cooking. You know what I mean? We're following up Revolution. Huge win. He's just beat Jericho twice. He's on fire. You know what I mean? He was at the scrum with Tony, dapping it up and shit. You know? Um, let's add this second Ibu, which is a period. Get rid of this one. Okay, cool. <laughs> but it's what he does, bro. Ibu will disappear on his phone and he'll connect on his laptop or whatever the fuck. And then, not yet. Anyway. <laughs> Stark Starks comes out and I'm like, alright, we're cooking now. You know, we're cooking. We're following up the revolution. This is someone who had like a big thing going into it, big thing coming out of it. Someone a lot of fans would be wondering about. Um and he's cutting his promo and it's a very kind of like standard of just one on pay-per-view promo. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh what's next? Da 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 da. Charles popping for him, like Ricky Chance, all that good stuff. And then the BC music hits, the bullet club music hits. And you're like, okay, you know, the crowd popped. <laughs> you mean, then like, I, I, I didn't realize until I hit Twitter after, but like, I genuinely didn't think it was Jay White. But I can imagine like how you'd get that, you know. <laughs> um, I can completely get how you would get that, hundred percent. It made me laugh when I saw it as well. But Juice Robinson, bro. Like this, this is this is like. Again, I think I said earlier, bro, like, I genuinely like Juice as a talent, but, like, when you're giving it, like, Ricky Starks, bro, like, he's someone you're meant to be pushing. He's just had a total feud with MJF, and then he's came out of that and beat Chris Jericho twice, one of them being on pay-per-view that just happened. Like, and this is what you've got for him, bro. So, um, 
And that's like what Ibu was saying earlier about like how people have been theorising it might lead to fucking Jay White coming in, which I don't think is happening, bro. I think this is just like garbage, bro. You know, like what are we like? What are we actually like doing here? You know, like, are we actually doing like a Ricky Starks, Juice Robinson feud? Because if so, why? Like, who's that for? You know, <laughs> like, Ricky. Ricky's not going to get more over if Juice beats him in the feud. What are you cooking? You know, like what are we, like, what are we actually doing here? Like, what is the purpose of this? So. The, the real the real answer, Monty, is uh, it's it's something to fill time because he can't get a title shot anytime soon. He's not going to win any championship that's being set. And this is the best you've got. I'm I'm Dave Meltzering when he explains raw booking. I'm not saying this is what I would do. I'm not even saying I agree. I'm just this is what that's I guarantee this is the mindset. It's they're they're filling time with Ricky, giving him a thing to do, and the thing to do is Juice Robinson and the. The oomph that it's being given is he's from the Bullet Club, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, carry on, you at with it. Yeah, uh, you know, I personally am. Uh, I'm not into Juice Robinson these days. It's been a, it's been a while since he's really impressed me. His outings on Tony Khan's programming has been actively upsetting. Personally speaking. Didn't like his match with Moxley at all. Thought it was the worst John Moxley match in AEW history. I didn't wow. like his yeah yeah <laughs> wow. yeah. Um, John Moxley had a better match than Mance Warner on a rampage. Um, I think four I stars, think, brother. Yeah, <laughs> Juice 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 working heel is just an average wrestler. Juice working babyface, we have something there. As a heel, he doesn't do much for me. Uh, he big big long hair Baron Corbin vibes. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. This might lead to David Finley getting involved here because David Finley just joined the Bullet Club. He was longtime tag partners with uh, Juice Robinson. Juice cut a promo after the show where he was talking about basically more more Bullet Club members essentially getting involved. So I mean, we, we could see we could see uh, David Finley. We could see Kenta. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really move me to be honest with you. In twenty twenty three, the Bullet Club, this version of it, doesn't move me. Uh, it's, it is what it is, you know. It's just a thing for Ricky to do in the meantime. Yeah, Chris, you're a huge Juice Robinson guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're not the biggest Ricky Starks guy, so you know, kind of a clash here. What's your uh, takeaway from all this? I think you guys are overacting a little bit. I don't think this is like just this horrible <laughs> yeah. thing for Ricky. It, it can just be a cool little. Two week feud. I, I, listen, I'm over Bullet Club too. I really am. As, as the biggest elite, mother, I'm so over Bullet Club. But if this leads to something involving Kenta, not Dave Finley, I don't want him on my fucking programming. But if this leads to Kenta or who, I don't know who else is in Bullet Club. Alphantasmo, Hikaleo, uh, right? Evil. Hikaleo uh, you know, ain't a Bullet Club? What? Isn't Hikaleo a Bullet Club? No. <laughs> no, he's not. No. Bro, he just, no. he just no. beat Jay White, bro. The whole, yeah. whole storyline oh, was yeah, Jay White yeah, matches yeah, that he left. Them niggas split. <laughs> Come on, come on. So, what about what about God? What about Tamatonga? Is he all? The- no, Ooh, they're not. Bro, all they're- these people feuded with Jay White recently. Like- <laughs> I thought. I thought it's. I didn't. That, didn't them niggas basically have like a, a a civil war, but they both was Bullet Club, right? No, there. No, the whole the whole yeah, bro, point of the Jay White storyline was that uh, God got kicked out 
um, after they were seemingly there's trying a, to plan a mutiny. Oh, yeah, and then, and, and then Tama turned babyface as a result. Yeah, yeah right. there's that, that, really, that angle where Jay's just an absolute piece of shit, bro, where they get kicked out. Yeah. Just kind of like, that, oh, bro. Jay's Yo, that's a, bro, I was watching all these matches, not even knowing what was <laughs> going on. That is hilarious, bro. <laughs> bro. I was like, what are these niggas fighting over, bro? <laughs> yeah. Holy I cool blue, those, man. I watched all those. So who is left? Is David Finley? You got David uh, Finley, uh, Jews, Al Phantasmo, Evil. Oh my God. Um, uh, Taiji Ishimori. Um, no, no. Uh, ah. Yeah, Tokyo, Ishimori. Tokyo I think Ishimori is the. Yeah, this Ishimori is huge role. This, this man listed the death chart of the 2023 Bullet Club, and the fourth name was Yujiro Takahashi. Come on, Lord Takahashi, baby. <laughs> Lord, Lord, help me, bro. Yeah, bro. This, this, at, oh, at the peak Chris of the Bullet Bay. Club. Oh, bro, yeah. At the peak Chris of the Bay, Bullet Club, uh, Ace Austin. Bro, them niggas is impact niggas, bro. Like, why we like, like bro, at the peak of hey, the Bullet Club, Yujiro was like the 17th man, like in the depth chart. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's how uh, is he still on the roster? Because he, because he brings, he brings bad bitches <clears throat> over. You know what I'm it was, a, it's a, it was really weird for me because it was kind of like, okay, why they? I think I'm, a lot of people are kind of wondering, like, what do you do with the Bullet Club now? Like, do you disband it? Like, when Jay White was leaving New Japan, and you're just like, those questions got immediately answered with David Finley. And it's like, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't mind, I don't mind David Finley at all as a worker. It's just, um, Chris. <laughs> He's he just like, bro, like, that if he's going to be like one of the main guys in Bullet Club, it's just kind of like, come on. You know? yo, yo, Chris, do you remember Hangman Page versus David Finley on oh, Dynamite? <laughs> that Forbidden Door, <laughs> Forbidden Door uh, Dynamite time was so weird, bro. <laughs> Chris yeah, is on here coping, bro, on the shows. I remember hey, that. He, Hangman had a five natural size, young though. He did. Fine. He did. <laughs> Yo, let's uh, real quick I, I just, through, um, now go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. I just want to say I don't think this is the worst thing for Ricky. Like, he can't challenge for a world title right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there probably are better options than Juice Robinson, but Christian, you know, I think Christian has to sell for a little bit. Um. No, well, Moxley didn't. John Moxley fucking... got hung on pay per view when he wrestled yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> John Moxley是超白的Chain。你说TV。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair。Fair
he'll have a dip and then he'll shoot back up and then he'll have a dip and he'll shoot back up. And now this yeah. time he wants to like stay on an upward trajectory and it's just like, wow, how are you going to do that with Juice Robinson, bro? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, y'all just disrespecting Juice a little too much. I like him, You know what? You know what? Has he ever won a match on AWTV, TV, bro? Not ever. No. Against who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's to your point. Like, I, I like Juice, but if you're picking the guy at a Bullet Club that has the star power to go up against Ricky, it's not Juice. You'll be good, and though. It's it, not a knock against Juice at all. I just think that, I don't know, <laughs> you're coming out of a feud with the champion and then Chris Jericho, and and then you jump to Juice. Like, one of these things is not like the other. How, how, how long <laughs> until we get some type of joke where... Uh... Juice Robinson calls himself rock hard and Ricky Starks is like, well, I'm the stroke daddy, baby, or whatever. And, you know, does he still call himself that? The stroke daddy? Sometimes he tries to. By the way, that's one of them nicknames where he kept saying it and it just, Niggas did not call him that. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? You know, you kept trying to. You can't call another man that, bro. Yeah, like, <laughs> he kept trying to appoint himself this nickname that nobody called him. Like, nobody, bro. He would just. I, I, that's the first time I discovered him. Like, I'm watching NWA and he's like, My name is Absolute Ricky Starks, but the ladies call me Stroke Daddy. I was like, No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. Bro, Evo, you would know. Yeah, next next topic is super chats. I'm gonna fly through <laughs> these. Um all right. The damn deer is back short on Spurs two dollars. Um I'm not sure what that's, that's referencing to be honest. Maybe I forgot. That's unpurest law. Unpurest law. Shout out unpurest <laughs> always Fridays, six PM Eastern. Um Ibu's long lost child. <laughs> what the fuck? One ninety nine. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> Alpha is at you, Alpha. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Why I don't have an Asian, Asian baby. An Asian. Yeah, man, you never man, know, do bro. A, do, a, do a DNA test, bro. Those, bo- those boogie nights in the late 2010s, you never know. Uh. Look, 2018 was a time, but damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Darren Walker, 5-5 Super Chat. Appreciate yeah. Uh Jeff Jarrett got... Got to be Orange Cassidy. OC as a champion in AEW is a joke, and have to catch the beat Jarrett in a few months. In a few months, <laughs> a few <laughs> months. Yo, this, this. Nigga, no. is this Jim Cornette? What is this? What is this? What are we doing, bro? <laughs> Jeff Jarrett having that belt for a couple months is like. Like, even bro, if you, I, even if you, even if you do all the cocaine in the world, bro, and you put the belt <laughs> on Jeff Jarrett next week, yeah, oh. Wait, the guy who beats Jarrett has to beat him, like, in a week or so. Like, you can't do an actual fucking Jeff Jarrett title, right, on your TV show, man. Not bro, in 2023, bro. Tony, on, Tony's man. in a real 07 TNA mood, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I like, like everything Jarrett's done. Wait, 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 you know what I'll say though, low key. I don't know. I don't know what's the legalities of doing this, but uh, a one month, a one month to maybe seven week Jarrett reign. That sounds a lot when I just said seven week. But listen, <laughs> but if he defends all his matches in former TNA gimmick matches, like in the Russo <laughs> era, 
that would Come be on, kind man. of funny. Like, Come like on. we Marty made a face like, uh No, anyway, moving on. Half, five-time <laughs> super chat. Um, if Double J don't win the international title next week, I will start moving some phone. Why is everyone talking about like Double J, bro? Oh, <laughs> he's winning that belt, bro. Stop. Can't, can't Stop it, man. You, um, here's a nice one. Shamar, $2. Just a plain super chat, showing some support. We appreciate you, brother. Um, Zetopia 499. Random but Ibu, when you said appointment TV, that's essentially main factor as why Roman uh, has been best in the world since 2020, plus him being full package. Zetopia, thank you for the super chat. <laughs> Listen, man, when people talk about who's the best wrestler in the world, you know, certain circles will like exclude Roman for, because of like the in ring not being there to the level of like the really 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 great wrestlers but then there's other people who like will say oh Roman Reigns is un- unequivocally like the guy and I-, I think the biggest strength of Roman Reigns is that because he's not around and because WWE has pushed him for so long and he's so protected he does now have this aura where when he's on TV you know that like it's something that matters because it's like one of the few things WWE actually puts investment into and so look I, I- yeah, I think Roman Reigns, especially right now in Mania season, is appointment viewing. You know that whenever he's going to be on TV, you're going to get an advancement with uh, Sami Zayn or the Usos or uh, Cody Rhodes. So, yeah, man, Roman's a, Roman's a great TV act, man. He is appointment viewing. And I think with AEW, because this is an AEW, I think that there's a lot of guys who could easily be appointment TV. And I think, I think a more focused, elite-based storyline where we really put more focus on Don Callis and to catch the thing and maybe where Hangman stands with the Bucks. I think you, you cast that web back on the show. I, Nick is going to be running to see what's going on with that. Like, you can't tell me they wouldn't be. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they try and make appointment TV, you know? But, uh, yeah, man. But Rob has been sending me abuse in the chat because I miss this super chat. And it's not okay, you know? Uh, on pure own. Rob, so a paragraph with $5 super chat. Hi, Phil. I'm sure you know my friend Montel is a huge fan of Seth Rollins. <laughs> this being the case, the rest of Curious <laughs> Alex here, and I would love to know his best five matches. Uh, yeah, so Phil, five best Rollins matches in your opinion. Five best Rollins matches. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, probably a triple threat at Royal Rumble with, uh, with Brock. And John Cena. And John Cena, yep. Uh, probably that triple threat that opened Mania a few years ago with uh, Miz and Finn Balor. That one's up there for me, too. Uh, the AJ match at uh, Money in the Bank 2019. Uh, one of those edge matches I threw in there, too. Uh, mm. I'll just say the SummerSlam match, just off the top of my head. Or the cage match. Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, what else would I throw in there? Uh, one of the Cody matches? I think one of the Cody matches too. Um, probably Hell in a Cell for the Cody too. Man, couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, probably one of the Cody matches. Um, yeah, I, and I, I think that uh, the the match with Roman at uh, was that Money in the Bank? I think. I think it's Money in the Bank 2019 or something. Like 2016, that. yeah. 2016. There you go. Um, no, I, sorry, AJ was 2019. Um, that was good as right? well. That was yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah, the AJ, the AJ match, the AJ match at Money in Bank was very good. Um, yeah, he had a really good match with Drew a few years ago too. The pandemic one. Yeah, yep. it was good. That was that was really good. I I I've always really enjoyed uh, just most of 2015 Seth. 
So like him in the white Power Ranger gear facing John Cena, I thought like I remember yeah. that moment when Summer I watched it, match, yeah. When I watched it live, like that was the closest I've ever been to being like, yo, is Seth like the best American wrestler in the world? And like I think that was the closest he ever got to being that, um, personally speaking. Uh, but yeah, that's my Seth Rollins right, right there that I get into that that era of Seth and uh, the matches he had with Cody Rhodes personally. Now, Monday Night Rollins is still like peak Seth Rollins, in my opinion. Like, he was giving us great television matches every week. Uh, and that was in the lead up to that IC title. Well, no, sorry. He was IC title. He's IC champion. And that was in the lead up to the Royal Rumble win. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, my guy, man. Like, I was sitting watching it this week and I was like, okay, I get what you're trying to do. I, I like that, you know, Logan is clearly the heel in this feud, but. We just gonna let Logan lie on TV now? Like that's what we're doing. Logan just gonna come out here and say, "Man, I- I've already done what you've done in a year, fam. You've had four matches. What are you talking about?" Like, wh- uh, hey man, I, that, <laughs> he has he has one of the best first four match catalogs I've ever seen. Yeah, but still, come on, bro. Like, mm. I mean, <laughs> look at look at the reason a segment is coming Monday, bro, because. You know that Jake Paul thing is going to get mentioned. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you saw that? Cl- you saw about him running away from Floyd Mayweather? Bro, yeah. it's crazy. You know what's crazy though? You see the angle that's going round here. It co- it makes Jake look so much worse, bro. Because uh, there's a, I saw the next angle of it yeah, and like one of the guys genuinely goes to punch him, bro, and he like weaves it, and that's how he starts <laughs> running away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas in I the vi- in the video that's gone like the most viral, it literally just looks like he just starts running. You know, <laughs> like, one of them rock, one of them actually goes for him, bro. Like throws a punch at him, and he kind of like moves out the way and like runs away. It's crazy. I don't know what was yeah. going on before, or why why he was on his own. And that's what baffled me, bro. Like, why was Jake Paul like, on his own in the middle of the street in Miami, bro? Like, what, what, what's yo, going on there? Yo, Chris, Chris, did you see that video? <laughs> Chris, this man. this man and his internet. What is going on in Texas, bro? Yeah, they had that. They had that nigga. Oh, they had dude. that nigga Jake Paul running like Ultimate Warrior, bro. That shit was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> bro, his, bro, Jake's own security guard was about to cry, bro. He was like, "I'm, I'm just here, bro. Like, I'm just, I'm here, yeah. bro." Yeah, man. Let's uh keep let's keep going through these super chats, but yeah, Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah, the, the the Brock match at SummerSlam was good too. I don't know if it's top five, but it's a really good match. Too. Yeah, man, he, he's he's got a catalog, you know. I'll give it. I'll give him that. Uh, <laughs> Darren Walker, five pounds super chat. Start should be in a feud with Christian, not a guy like Juice who who's not one on AEW TV. And why is Juice laid him out? Uh, why is Juice laid him out to utter madness? I mean, yeah, man, we've we've obviously just gone over it. Um, Pretty much said a lot of what you put in there, to be honest. <laughs> short Thank time you for the Spurs. Yeah, of course, as always, Darren. Shout out to you. Uh, short time Spurs, $5. Appreciate you. You guys have to remember that Ricky is a cozy merchant. He's joining Bullet Club. Come <laughs> no, on, bro. Come on. <laughs> Come on, bro. Oh, God. I think he meant to say Cody merchant, you know. Oh, oh. Yeah, I think he's meant to say Cody merchant. Now I'm reading it again. Could you imagine Wait, Ricky joining Bullet Club? Nah, bro. That's just so, that just, so just stop that talk, bro. Next super chat. <laughs> Half, five pounds. Appreciate you. Juice, the first wrestler in pro wrestling history to give Derby a below three and a half star match. Yo, I mean this in all sincerity, and I don't even hate Juice. Juice's match with Derby is worse than Darby versus Caesar Bononi in Daly's place. Fair. 
Yeah, I think you. I think you. I think you was kind of under something earlier with where it's like. I just don't think the heel shit in ring for him. Just I don't think it works at all, man. Like, yeah, he'll be like technically fine because he's an experienced wrestler who knows what he's doing. But just that style, bro. Like, especially like with how he was as a babyface. Like, he was quite like there was something there, you know. Um, even like just his signature moves now that like, they don't hit like the right, the left hand, the guard and shit. It's like, how do you do that as a you know, you don't have the same slap as a baby first, does it? It's, uh, no. And just, yeah, you just, I don't know, man. Going from the flamboyant one to just another guy, you know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, interesting to see how it's kind of played out for him, I guess. But, um, yeah, man, staying on the Bullet Club with the Super Chats. On oh, my God. <laughs> Pre-Woo 499. Hopefully, Chase Owens doesn't show up, leave that stinker at home. I mean, Chris, oh, Chris you like oh. Chase Owens? <clears throat> no, nope. I think that's our answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think I think you got an answer. Yo, Chris has got a delay. Chris, you've got a delay. You got leave and come back. You gotta wait like fifteen seconds for that nigga to reply. <laughs> yeah, juice. Oh shit! <laughs> just, just, just get your. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! He'll come back. This is what we were talking about earlier. I feel like you know, he's in and out. You know, you win some, you lose some. We're professionals, also. We just keep moving, uh, <laughs> and we still pay him. It's crazy. <laughs> Berkey, one ninety nine. Appreciate you. Uh, could y'all see Tony Storm beating Jade? I mean, I could I see. Of what? I, I don't. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I no. I I don't think that she. Cause I think at this point it's gotta be a big, it's gotta be a pretty monumental win for somebody. Yeah, um, it's gotta be like an, it's gotta be like a platform that someone can elevate off. You know, uh, that's yeah, what it I should be anyway. And and that's not a knock at Tony. I think Tony is good enough to be there. I think she's great, but I don't know if I would pick Tony as the person to get that win. My personal picks would be either Willow Nightingale or Chris Statlander to beat her, uh, Jade Cargill. Uh, I don't even really see a Jade Tony match happening anytime soon because Jade doesn't wrestle women that don't just frequent elevation. So like, wh- how is she gonna face someone even on Tony's level? Like, she just faces jobbers, you know. So. Oh man, we're gonna get to Jade, bro. I'm not happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Andrew the Giant, five pounds super chat. Appreciate it, Monty. What about you, our man Tony D cooking on an exceedingly sweet? Let me tell you something. There's a real wrestler with some potential right there. You know? uh, oh, man. Yeah, man. He, he did kill it with Dijak, though. He genuinely did. Uh, the match was very, like, WWE drama, especially towards the finish, you know? Mm. It was a fucking jailhouse, whatever match they called it. Jailhouse um, street what? fight. Yeah, jailhouse street fight. That was the one. Yeah, jailhouse street fight. But, uh, yeah. This shit was yeah, kind man, of fire. Was, Rock it, yeah, Tony D, as long as he's just doing his suplexes and his throws, he's got some good punches as well, bro. Like, he's, he's you know. Bro. Yeah, I mean, there with Dijak, who's a heavyweight that bumps like a fucking cruiserweight, and, you know what I mean? You're cooking something. Bro, what made oh, it funny, Monty, is like, it, what made it funny, Monty, was this dude, Tony D, like, it felt like he was wrestling off instinct rather than like a heavily laid out match. So, like, 
his offense on the floor is like, I'm a belly to belly on the floor. German suplex mm. on the floor. It's like, damn, <laughs> like, he just going for it. It's like, all right. Like, you know what pops for me about Tony as well? He's always a, he's bigger than you remember, if I'm yeah. like Every time he wrestles, he looks massive. <laughs> he's a big guy, man. He's a big guy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm low-key enjoying Dijak, I can't lie. I'm he's cool. He's cool. He always has been. He's just when, like he, when he's huh. T bar of retribution for fucking the past three years, whatever it's been. It's brutal, bro. You know, but he's all he's good, man. He always has been. So thought yeah. it was a Keith Lee merchant, but, but, but I guess not. Yeah. Nah. When when I saw somebody call him White Blade, I was on the floor, bro. White, White Blade. <laughs> Hard justice. That's crazy, bro. But, um... Terminator, Punisher. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh... But yeah, let's uh let's get back to Dynamite, bro. Yeah. Wardlow promo, uh, Wardlow oh, in, the F- in the FTR, in the FTR <laughs> too. Uh, yeah, man. It's again, it's just kind of like a Wardlow promo, you know, hoping up the main event. I, I feel bad for saying this, man, but <laughs> Wardlow's pretty boring, man. Like I, I like I like Wardlow as a wrestler, man, but like currently as a character, I find him pretty boring, man. And I thought that That's even bad. during the media scrum, I was sitting there like this guy. Like when Hobbs when Hobbs came in and interrupted him, I was like, "Dang, bring Hobbs back, man!" Like, I want to see what else Hobbs got to say, bro. No, Hobbs walked away, and this man Ward was like, "Yeah, sorry about that, Tony." Uh, yeah, so anyway, back to this TNT title. Uh, <laughs> right, just why I was like, "Yo, that's your response?" Like, <laughs> well, Hobbs was like, "Bro, I'm coming for your neck Wednesday, bro. Keep that shit warm for me, little boy." And he's just like, "All right, <laughs> keep keep talking." Yeah, all right, pal. We'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> This man, this man cuts, cuts his promo. He's just like, I've been going through a lot, uh, Tony. But um, good thing for me, I have some friends I can rely on. And he's showing the FTR shirt and shit. I, you know what it is for me, uh, Phil? I don't know what it is. The short hair just gives me big Matt Morgan energy now. Like, oh, no. like I'm looking no. at him now. Short hair instead of the man, but I don't know what it is. But like. This nigga just feels like an OVW dude now, bro. Like I, I can't, I can't <laughs> Man, put my finger on it. And he he wrestled a great match at a uh, Revolution as well. I just I don't know, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, we did see this guy pull off an F five and then like a senton bomb and choke Joe out in the same match like that. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, man, but. Just not, it's not really connected with me no more, man. When he was coming out squashing people and doing the symphony, I was into it. But now I'm just like, I don't know, man. Oh. Chris, why is why is Wardlow lost his way? Can you break it down for us? You want the exact reason why Wardlow is not as over as he is? Sure. It, it, it's three letters. Oh no. When he linked up with FTR. Oh my god. That this brother's momentum took a dive. No, it, it happened so, before that. Chris is well, lying. The real, reason, the real reason is the Powerbomb Symphony should have stopped after the MJF match. That's the real reason. He has no reason to do it after the MJF match, but he continuously did it against babyfaces at that, too. He did it against Orange Cassidy. That's not going to get you cheered, bro. He's no. more over than you. So I, I think... It's a mixture of a lot of things. He just wrestles the same match nowadays. He works like a, a baby face under peril a lot, but that doesn't work when you're <laughs> six foot two, three hundred pounds. 
So he needs to change something. He needs to turn heel or something. I don't know. But yeah, wrestle a different type of way. Wrestle like Mike Awesome, nigga. Like shit. <laughs> yo, yo uh, Rob in the comments said Wardlow equals Ryback. Yo, at this point, Ryback, whether ironically or unironically, uh, Ryback. Wardlow was fun, man. Like, it was yeah, fucking Ryback terrible, over, but he was over as Fuck, he was bro. over. He was hilarious, bro. Like he just. <laughs> Bully know, Ryback man. was a. Remember? When, does anyone remember when uh, <laughs> Ryback was like the big bully, and uh, there was this, there was a thing with Ricky Stark? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro, Ryback used to slap his head like a Neanderthal, bro. <laughs> Roy, Bully Ryback was a peak, peak Vince shit that is, bro. <laughs> Robin um, the comment said, yo, Ryback praise. I don't know what it is. I think Warlow's got to find it again. I thought that promo he cut about his dad and everything was good, but mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, man. I I was sitting there doing Revolution like, man, I kind of want Joe to retain, bro. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. He's definitely lost his way, to say the least. Uh, I think it's just been a downward slope ever since the MJF match. Honestly, like he was so high, and the first thing he done was, if anyone remembers, his first feud after MJF, after the biggest win of his career, after having all this hype and momentum, being one of the hottest people on the card. His first feud was the lawyer. The lawyer, Mark Sterling and security. Very, very reminiscent to what we were saying about fucking Ricky Starks earlier. So, I do um, not think it's reminiscent. It is in the sense of he had a huge win on pay-per-view and they followed it up with something very uninteresting. There's one know? key difference, Monty. With, with Tony, Juice Robinson's actually a wrestler. No, not even that. <laughs> not even that. The crowd popped for Juice, man. I don't know. With Ricky, oh, with he, Ricky... He, <laughs> Listen, listen. <laughs> that's nasty, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. The real key difference, guys, is Ricky knows who he is as a wrestler. So, like, if yeah. nothing else, he knows what he like what he is. With, mm-hmm. with, with with Wardlow, his downfall is not all Tony's fault. I'm not. I'm not gonna say Wardlow was thinking it up, but I do think he is yet to find himself as a wrestler. Like what he actually is. In, in he's like this weird hybrid. You know, he's like this. Weird, he's like this big guy that does swantons. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's like, does he want to be full monster or is he going to be the dynamic athlete? You know, like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. Here? I exactly. don't know, man. It, it, and like you said, he wrestles well. I mean, the match on Dynamite was good. Um, it just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just not into the world. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's oh, hopefully, to, hopefully yeah. he figures oh. it out, man. Hopefully he puts it together. Hey, man. Yeah. Um, Lif is so salty. <laughs> Give me uh, Darren Walker forward down super chat. TK let Wardlow down a superstar in MJF feud, then gets put into matches with security guards and Orange Cassidy. So yeah, just kind of what we was getting into just now. Thank uh, you for the super chat, Darren. Yeah, appreciate Wardlow it. Wardlow was never in the Orange Cassidy feud. I was about to say I do not remember that, but he won a feud. He had the match though. I'm sure he did. Yeah, he had the match. He had the match. I don't remember. Uh, that. Bro, Darren Walker, stop sending us your money. It's not even worth it. It is. <laughs> we, we appreciate Darren Walker. Darren, Darren, don't, don't turn down Chris. money. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Don't, 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 don't listen <laughs> just to don't, don't send it to. Just don't send it on Fridays. You know. 
<laughs> See you later, Chris. You know, I don't know where yeah. he's gone. Though. Kick, oh. kick him off like, nah, nah, you're fucking up the bag. Get him out He's like that again. But uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Next up, Dynamite. Um, Ruby Soho got a promo. Um, obviously, this again, like, um, this is another part of the show where I was like, okay, we're following up on Revolution here. Yeah. You know, one of the big angles from Revolution. People are wondering, what's Ruby so- what did Ruby Soho do that for? Like, what- what's next? Where's this feud going? Et cetera, et cetera. So it's good that they got this and she got some uh, time on the mind. Um, but when she started doing a You People promo, I instantly kind of like, you know, felt a bit of pain inside and stuff. But that being said, as far as You People promos go, it was very well delivered. It got a very, it got a lot of heat. Um, but it's just very, it was very much a you people promo, you know. Uh, <laughs> I wish, it, I, I was actually kind of expecting her to kind of go into like the Brit Baker stuff because, like, you know, like when she was trying to get in with like the originals, the AW originals, and like Brit Baker just kept being a dick, like she just kept being a prick to her. I thought that would have been like kind of like a catalyst for it, but that wasn't mentioned at all. And like I said, she just kind of done the you people promo. Um, I wasn't, I, I wasn't a fan of it personally, but like I said, it was well delivered as far as you people promos go. It got good heat. A lot of people liked it. Um, where was you at with it, Ibu? Because I haven't really seen you say too much about it, to be fair. Yeah, I didn't tweet about it. Um <clears throat> I, you know, going into Dynamite, I saw a lot of people talk about this promo and praise it and talk about how, like, it was the best version of a You People promo you could ask for. And so I was excited because I'm, I'm a big fan of Ruby Soho. I think she's a great promo. I think she's a really good talent. Uh, really organic baby face. When I, when I watched it personally, my whole thing was that I respect that the logic and reasoning that she used was sound and rooted in reality. Like, a lot of the things that she said did happen. Um, but at the same time, for me personally, it, it came off like she just didn't really believe what she was talking about. Like, it just, it just didn't feel like it felt like someone convincing themselves for why they're a heel. Uh, and, and I could see very it, much like, playing heel. Yeah, you know? I can. Bro, I can see in her face like like that, like she's not even really trying to be in, like because she was a great baby face. You know what I mean? And now she has to act like she hates these fans. And it's like, I just didn't believe that she believed that. You know, no matter how much it was rooted in, in, in reasoning and stuff like that. Even when, like, when Willow Nightingale came outwards and, like, their kayfabe friends oh, on bro. screen. Like, yeah. she's looking at Willow like, oh, fuck her. And, like, letting the girls beat her up and shit. And, like, I don't know. It just, I just didn't really believe it personally. And, look, maybe that improves with time. Again, I respect that there was reasoning and logic that was sound. It wasn't a generic, like, WWE-style one where, like, it's just like, this don't even make no sense. You know what I mean? Um, and, and long term, I do think Ruby as the mouthpiece of uh, Tony and Soraya is going to be very helpful. Um, but but for this promo, I just I just wasn't into it because I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, uh, Phil, where was you up with it? I think y'all are kind of bugging. I think Ruby saved the storyline because I feel like for weeks uh, they've been doing the Tony and, and Soraya stuff and. It wasn't hidden. Like, let's, it wasn't hidden. Like, and I think Ruby was the first person that came in with this outsider bit and gave like some logic to it. Like, nah, I, I came in, and you guys were happy to see me at first, and then soon as soon as I was in the championship with you guys' favorite, you were the fur. Um, I came into the Owen, and I should have been the one that went over. No, you guys 
cheer for Statlander. Um, no, I, I got all of her points here. I thought she cut a very good promo. Um, I think the outsiders needed her. I think that I think that this was uh, failing without her. Yeah, look, I, look. I, here's what I'll say, Phil. Like, she does not hurt this story. You know what I mean? Like, if anything, Ruby's the key thing holding it together in general. I thought she was that mm-hmm. way, even at even before this, when it was just Britt trying to convince her and stuff like that. Like, that was more interesting than like the other stuff happening in this whole homegrown versus outsiders thing. I, I think Ruby's going to be a big a big key to this, and I think, like I said, long term, she's going to make a lot of this work because she can talk. You yeah. know what I mean? And she's good. She's genuinely good. So I, I, I'm not coming at this from a perspective of like, oh, this ruins this or that. No, if anything, this is a storyline that they're like, they're trying to tell and they're trying to have it come together. And it was kind of clunky in how they were executing it. And if anything, she should mitigate that. I'm just saying like with this specific promo that uh, I, I just didn't love it. And, and I think I think part of it also for me is just like Ruby's just such an organic baby face. And I said this Monday, like, <laughs> It's hard to create those, and and so like to just kind of like force turn one of them because you needed it to make this work. Uh, it it was just kind of hard yeah, to like. But did they force turn her though? And I I, I think that's kind of my point with her saying all of these things where she did legitimately get booed. I yeah. do agree that she is a natural baby face, and right. in the perfect world they should have given her a big championship win before they turned her heel. But. Um, if you're looking at what is the building block for this outsiders versus homegrown thing, it's absolutely the match with Statlander. That was the thing that really made this concept feel like a real thing. And right. if your audience is picking the homegrowns and they're going to boo her, then yeah, it makes sense for her to be healing this. Like, she's not going to get cheered over Hater and, and Brit at the moment. No. She's just not. And so I get going and leaning into it and making her heal. I am willing to let it play out. <laughs> you know, I, I, thought, I thought she cooked, man. I thought it was a great promo. It's gonna work long term. That's what I'll say because she'll make it work. And uh, I'm not again. It's n- it's not like I'm saying this didn't make any sense. It, it has like the logic was absolutely mm-hmm. rooted in, in sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, everything that you mentioned did happen. So uh, you know, hope hopefully coming from this, we start. Well, getting- she did say there was one line in it that I, I kind of like. Other than just kind of like doing the like kind of doing a you people from or whatever the fuck, but like when she was like, "Oh, nobody had my back or supported me," it's like, bro, you and Willow were out there bleeding all over each other. What are you talking? <laughs> then Willow's the person that comes out and like that angle was just like shite. Um, but yeah, um, as far as yeah. the promo goes and like Ruby being involved in the story, absolutely like just willing to just let it play out, I guess. Um, you, you know what I also really liked about it? It wasn't just that she was like, this is my motivation for turning. Um, she also kind of went back and was like, nah, y'all didn't really appreciate Tony Storm like that either. Like, she should have been champion. That was a good and touch. You, that was a good touch. Like, I, I thought her, like, basically going back and, like, really explaining the reasons for Yeah, like, chronologically. Well. Like, yeah, that yeah. stuff was great, too. And so mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, I feel like she really saved the storyline because – like I don't feel like either of them gave logical reasons like that. And, and, and she even she even mentioned Soraya. She was like, even though this was funny because she was like, "You guys were begging for Soraya to come back, and then you neckbeard Turner and da, da, da. And like I'm not even a Soraya hater, but I, I did say a lot. I was like, "Who's begging for her to come out of retirement?" Like, who's... I mean, well, <laughs> some people did want her to come out of retirement though. I guess, I guess. Yeah, it was just one of those like uh, when someone goes down with injury. 
mm-hmm. big name or whatever. It's just always nice to see him come back and get over mm-hmm. said right. stuff. You know, right. I guess it was, you know, there was definitely people that were asking for it. You know, and obviously you've got all the diva stands as well, but just like inherently mm-hmm. like, just love her anyway. Yeah, uh, she is the big, she's the biggest name in the division, so yeah, yeah cool. she's got she's got a following. Uh, Shorthand Spurs, quick one, ten dollars. Uh, there is this promo put so much focus on this feud, bringing the audience turning as a factor. Based on that, you can have Rosa <coughs> joint or Tay joint. Really, a lot of cool possibilities. Yeah, man, then you gotta let it play out. You know, hopefully it's uh, you know, it's it's received a lot of criticism pre-revolution. You know, um. Obviously, like the Ruby stuff has got over well. Um, he got good heat and stuff, so you know uh, it helped explain the story a bit more. So hopefully, they can kind of you know really get something good coming for for a change. You know, um, but yeah, man, that, that was Ruby. Uh, Chris, you got anything to add? I know that you like this promo, so um, I thought this promo was great. Uh, I yeah, think man. Ruby's the best talker in the division. I think I Rick's like right behind her. Um. The motivation makes sense. I get it's a you people promo, but it makes sense for this storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, only thing I'll say about Ruby being a heel now <laughs> is you just muted yourself, Chris. Well done, Chris. You're muted, <laughs> bro. Man, this guy. Bro, my Wi Fi is doing too. Bro, you muted yourself. You <laughs> muted yourself, bro. I'll, I'll say she has to change her theme song. Uh, it's too. Oh, it's no, too, you can't get rid of Rancid. Come on, Ruby Solo. But it is, it's, song, yeah. but it's like it's yeah. baby. It's too baby face. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, ain't oh, I actually do it on that one. Yeah, that's funny. Can you imagine? She's just being a bitch's ass and all you destination. it's too like. I don't know, man. Not it's too Chris said, but it's, it's too yeah, happy. Yeah, I mean, good vibes. The Rancid guy is cool with AEW and all uh, things. He can make a, a, a devilish <laughs> Make version. a new one. He <laughs> made a new version. Destination unknown. Slow it the fuck down. All right, let, let's get moving, man. We got yeah, a few yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, we got to get through. All right. All right, okay. Ruby then beats Sky Blue. Uh, then they done the Willow Angle, which I thought was garbage. I don't know about you guys. Uh when they do these like beat down angles, they just never pull off very well in this company, you know. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if anyone's gonna uh, disagree with me very strongly or anything, but I, I just, I don't know, man. These, uh, these beat down angles have been doing in this storyline have just like, I don't think one of them's been good yet, you know. Um, um, I, I think the beat down later in the show on Hangman was better, like miles better than this <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Speaking of Hangman, he was next up. Uh, he cut a promo and he didn't really say much, but like I guess in not saying much, he kind of gave away what was going to happen later on. You know, he was like, "I'm done with John Moxley." Mm. And normally, when someone's just beat someone on pay per view and they say they're done with someone, like, oh, "I'm done," and I'm looking forward to this title, or I'm looking at the, he just went, "Yeah, I'm done with Moxley," and that was basically the promo. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so that was kind of like to me, like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he done with Mark too, you know? Uh, but, yeah, that was just that part. Uh, he had a black eye. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was with Renee as well, so there was, like, that kind of, like, tension, you know? Um, 
Yeah, man, I mean, this was fun. Obviously, again, it was only a short promo, not too much to say about it, unless uh, any of you guys have anything you want to point out about it. I, w- I was just going to say, I, I like <laughs> Hangman's dynamic with Renee. Like, because yeah. he's, like, he's respectful of her, and she's, like, trying to just be professional, but, like, you know deep down, she's just, like, you're really just talking crazy about my husband. Like, it's, like, that's crazy, you know? I, I, just, yeah. I just enjoy the subtlety of, of how they play it. Yeah, yeah, man, I can't say enough great things about Renee and what she adds to this company. I think I even yeah, even awesome. her uh, responses to uh, Ruby doing the promo were were great. When she asked her, like, "Yeah, you weren't here yet, but what happened when I won that match?" And she was just, "Yo, yeah, not the warmest response." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's good, man. She had stuff. Yeah, yeah, her her facial expressions during the Jade segment as well, when she was like, uh, "Whack ass Canadians," was great. Yeah, I t- I tweeted that. <laughs> she was just like, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna shout out when I always uh <clears throat> right next up we had a uh, MJF promo which was a pre tape. Um this was shot immediately after his Ironman match with Brian Danielson at Revolution, which he obviously won. And he's just doing his he's doing his MJF stuff, he's the best, he's pretty people wrong. Then uh, he goes into kind of like talking about how it's his birthday on March fifteenth, which I believe is coinciding with a dynamite or something. And he's going to be doing a rebar mitzvah, he said. So we're going to be getting a big MJF party angle, something. Obviously, it was MJF, so he, was, he delivered the promo really well. It's MJF, of course, uh, fired up after the match. I love those promos that he does, you know, uh, after like a pay-per-view match. And he's like, fucking, <laughs> he's just fired up, going crazy. Um, one of my favorite types of MJF promos. Uh, what did you guys think of this MJF promo after his uh, big revolution win? Um, Good promo. I, I love the way he started it because I I think I said like the during the go home episode of Dynamite. Yeah, these uh, MJF promos feel like a cry for help at this point. Like, what's going on with my man? Like he's he's having a whole bunch of problems. So he opened this by saying like, Yeah, all you guys are like, I need therapy. I need help. I don't need help. You need help. And I'm like. I think I think a lot of way he's attempting to tie all of this stuff together is great. I don't think that it mm-hmm. always works, but I think the way that he's attempting to do it is is really cool. Not city effort. Uh, Ibu, big MJF call yourself. Uh, what did you take away from this promo? It's more the same. It was just great. Yeah, man. <laughs> Shout out MJF. Chris, anything to add? I, I really like. I think I might prefer MJF pre-tapes than live promos. Oh, yeah, 100%, in my opinion, um, as well. Because they're a little bit more real than and, uh, in reality. I think this promo is great. It showed, like, he has a side to him that's, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, unstable, you know. Um, you know, it, I, I'm excited to see what he goes, what he does next. Um, I, I think it might be something that involves the pillars. Um Something like that. But uh promo is good. The visual of him all bloody and the big uh bump on his head is like a good visual. I liked it. Yeah, man. And it's uh he posted posted a picture as well, uh of how he's looking more recently. I don't know if it was taken today, yesterday or whenever, but uh the massive lump the hematoma on his head. Because apparently all the blood from that is now like swollen down into his eye and that's where the black eyes come from. Uh yeah, man, he got fucked up. <laughs> but it's, I think he'll definitely see it as worth it in terms of uh, 
when he looks back at his, you know, the legacy that he's putting together, you know. Um, he went he went 60-plus minutes with Brian Danielson and had a classic, so, yeah, you know, I do think no, that no one doing, can ever take that off him. Yeah, I do think they're doing this weird thing with MJF where they're trying to capitalize off the heat of him not being on TV because I think he thinks of it as like, oh, it's a heel thing to do. You want me to be on TV to respond to the thing that happened last week, but I'm not going to give you what you want because I'm a heel, but at the same time, like, well, you're putting together a TV show. That doesn't make sense. Like, I yeah. said, uh, the I think that was the November Eve episode, and that was right after he had that uh, that uh, segment with... Um... No, it was right after the segment with Regal, when he turned on Regal. And then the next week, he wasn't on TV. It's it was weird, like... yeah. No, I'm sorry. It was the segment after Regal joined him, and then he wasn't on TV. And you just send Regal out, and I'm like, no, we want, <laughs> we want MJF. <laughs> like... Oh no! Yeah, it's definitely a weird thing that he's got going on with. I think he should like if he's going to be the champion and be such a central figure to the TV. Like he should be a central figure to the TV week in week out. You know, uh, maybe yeah, I'm just I, fucking old school I, or something. I don't know. And I get what <laughs> he's know? doing. I, I think he's trying to do a play on the Roman stuff with being ah well, I don't have to be on TV every week because I'm the star. I am champion. Uh, but I think it's a little bit too on the nose. Hmm. You know, he also doesn't have, like, you see Roman, like, he has the bloodline, and it's like, Roman elevated Jay to a level where he's like, he, like, how many main event, like, I don't think anyone in WWE has main evented more <coughs> TV shows than Jay Uso over the past, like, what, two, three years or something? Um, so, like, the bloodline can fill the gap, you know what I mean? Like, the, even, like, the biggest Roman stands will still pop huge for, like, the bloodline, and just that aesthetic and, Paul Heyman talking about the tribal cheat like that you still kind of get a little bit of him even though you don't actually get him whereas like if MJ's not on the show it's just kind of like why yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like, well, I mean I, I think Sammy helped a lot in that regard because yeah hun- exactly 100% 100% yeah. yep um but yeah man uh MJF is you, you want to see him more even even if he's trying to be a heel man it's like I want to see him I want to see him to make me hate him more every week, do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, man. Next up, we had the FTR promo. Came out to a huge pop. Um, it was like an interview stole promo thing with Tony Schiavone in the middle of the ring. Um, before they even started talking, man, like the crowd was just FTR chance, FTR chance. Like the still, yeah. yeah, they're still just like so over, bro. Um, because because they're, the they really they're the best tag team in the world. Stop it right there. Because they're the best <laughs> tag team in the world. They came out. Did the young bucks like the hottest... stop wrestling or something? What happened? Did the young bucks like retire? No, they did not. No, they did not. But All when right, the FTR came about? out, when FTR came out, they got the hottest reaction on that entire show to that point, undeniably. And Chris, I know disagree. you heard what? I said I disagree. You you need an <laughs> ear exam, Chris, because Tony Schiavone couldn't even get a question out. Tony Schiavone's trying to ask his question, and they drowned it out with FTR chance because people were so excited to see the best tag team in the world back in AEW. Uh, yeah. Cass Wheeler was talking about, you know, the guns being disrespectful, privileged pricks. Dax Harwood reiterated the same thing, very passionate stuff. People were fired up for them. Dax was real, real into it. You know what I'm saying? And they basically vowed that they're going to go after the AEW tag championships. And, uh, you know, top guys out and the crowd went crazy for it, man. Chris, I know you heard that reaction, bro. <laughs> I know you heard that reaction. 
Yeah, I, Catch I think Wheeler's it... promo was very bad. <laughs> Listen, all I know is Twitter's not real, bro. You go, you hop on this app, and people talk about these guys a certain way, right? And I, I've even seen people tweet things like, "I don't think when FTR comes back, they can be heels because of Twitter." What are you talking about, bro? Yeah. Like, what are you talking uh, I about? I think this. I think this. This and the reaction at Revolution killed the idea that. Because some people on the internet don't like them, that the crowd is not really into them. They're still one of the most overacts in the company, by far. By um, far. Um, and, and, but, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's just the, the reaction they got to this. I thought the way that they, uh, I mean, because I've known for a while that this whole thing of them possibly leaving is a work. And I felt like yeah. it was pretty obvious it was a work. Um, but so when they came on and, and they broke down, like, the losing streak, they went on to end the year, and then, you know, losing Jay as part of that, losing one of their best friends, I thought it was really good. Um, and I thought it was a very good way to build up to them, probably eventually winning the tag titles. Yeah, man, I, I, I really liked how it was just kind of... Um, like I said, I've seen a few, like, a few of us, like, I think Chris just said about, like, Cash is part of the promo, he didn't like it. Um, I've had a few friends in the like, oh, Cash just isn't, like, a mod guy. And it's just... Um, one thing I really like about FTR, especially like last night in that promo, is that they kind of just felt like real people, you know? Yeah. Like Cash especially, he just seemed like a very down-to-earth, authentic guy. And he wasn't like cutting a wrestling promo, do you know what I mean? He was just kind of like talking like, oh, I couldn't sit at home and see the guns walking around calling themselves the best in the world. You know, we had this hard year. You know, we kind of lost our way. We lost a friend. Like It wasn't... There wasn't loads of projection and shit into it. It just felt like a guy talking. And Dax gets on the mic and, you know what I mean, he's a bit more fired up and stuff. And that's where you get, like, that part of the promo. But, um, yeah, man, I, I love FTR, bro. Um, obviously, this week on the channel, we dropped our War 2022 was the year of FTR video by uh, Joe Hulbert and Russell D. Cheap plug. But, yeah, man, that kind of, like, summarizes how special, like, FTR most recent one really was and kind of uh really captures kind of like the following them following them as a fan you know that year and uh you watch that video and you you those pops that they get last night it kind of all makes sense you know um the, the fans love them man and they deserve it after the recent one that they've had like, yeah like people might think Dax says some stuff on twitter and all these podcasts or whatever the fuck you know what i mean uh opinionated guy whatever you want to call it you know uh but as Phil said earlier, bro, like any any talk of that got completely squashed. That revolution then further squashed, buried, lit on fire last night. So yeah. um, shout out FTR man, they're obviously coming for the tag titles, probably gonna win them, let's be honest. Um and uh, hopefully they can cook like they did last year and we can we can get rolling again like they were last year, man. There's not really much reason why they can't do it because if they got the tag belts, they should be wrestling the best of the best. So yeah, man. Listen, man. FTR is going to get the greatest match out of the guns humanly possible. <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably. I mean, yeah, uh, they they talked very early on about wanting to do the matches with the guns um, and how much they like them. So I can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm excited for what they're going to do, and I'm excited for their leader coming back soon. We know uh, Darren Walker, five pounds. Uh, <laughs> Ibu, our boys, FTR, are back to say to take the theme. Can Ibu or Monty hump the theme tune? I mean, you put me on the spot, but I'm do sure it, Ibu would love to do it. 
Oh, bro, okay, here we go. All right, Ibu, you can stop now. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Darren. <laughs> right, okay, so we got this Jay, we got a Jay Cargill backstage promo where she, oh um, boy, yeah, basically she's looking, she's looking for a challenger next week in uh, looking for a challenger next week in Winnipeg, kind of like an open challenge sort of thing. She says she's gonna, uh, she's gonna, what did she say? She's gonna beat the ass of one whack ass Canadian or some shit like that, you know, uh, hinting at who it might be, you know, uh, people were getting their guesses in. Oh, bro, Jade. Like when it comes to Jade Cargill, everyone knows that you've like you've got this potential fucking mega superstar on your hands. Everyone sees that. Like even the people that are very critical of her in ring and not even that big of a fan, like big of a fan. Like they admit at least that she's got the presence and she's got like the it factor about her. You know, like there's so like it's. Point I'm trying to make is it's blatantly fucking clear that there's something very special there with Jay Cargill. Give her something, man. Like, an open challenge. We all know she's going to fucking win. Like, it's ass, bro. Like, we've seen her just beat people for how long now? And, like, none of it ever means anything. Like, besides, okay, they've done the red velvet thing, you know? That was a, like, a nice step. But it was, like, they do that one in fucking ten of a wins at this point. It's just so redundant at this point or I think it's like AEW had nothing for her leading up to Revolution they had nothing for her on the Revolution card which I thought was criminal and now it seems like they've kind of got more of the same mundane bullshit for Jade again you know and it's just she's doing these open challenges we know she's going to win it um, so it's like I came out of Revolution thinking like we need to get Jade going again you know like coming out of revolution, like okay, she had nothing on the pay per view. Like she should be like prioritized. Like let's get Jade going again. You know, let's find something for her. And she's just doing some bullshit open challenge. We all know she's gonna win, bro. Like there's no story. There's no reason to care. There's no, you know, there's no. It's just another thoughtless random person who's gonna be fifty four and over to Jade. You know. Um, yeah, you know, I just think it's bad booking, bro, honestly, you know. Obviously, this could all age like milk if fucking Sasha Banks or someone walks out next week, obviously. But, like, could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I'll take it all back, but, bro, I can't... I think she's been uh, criminally used at the minute, personally. I don't know where you guys are. Uh, one sec. Chris Brown. <laughs> Sending in a super chat to your own podcast is... <laughs> It's something, bro. So I think it's a first on WrestleBurish, but Chris O'Bread, why not? And I appreciate you. My Wi-Fi is doing the two-step. Might be Jova. How does that happen, bro? Like, it's like... Did you send Israel the link? You said you was going to send Israel the link? Yeah, yeah. I did. Is she still in the chat? I, 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 I sent her the link, yo. Like... Where you at, Israel? Uh, Parker, another while I'm doing a couple of Super Chats. <laughs> Parker199. Uh, Mr. Dumb Guy Live on Tuesdays. Uh, the Gun Club are better than FTR. That feels very, very sportful, Parker, and you know it is. Um, but I appreciate you as always. Always appreciate you. Um, but yeah, as, uh, as you guys can tell, I'm pretty mad about the Jay situation. <laughs> uh, where um, are you guys at with it all, man? I, I didn't mind it. I, I do think that they've got to start giving her the big feuds. 
mm-hmm. uh, sometime soon. And I, I have to imagine part of the reason they've been heating Riho up is to give Riho the match soon. At least that's what I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like she's got to start um, wrestling some of the big names in the division like Britt or like Sheeta just to get those matches under her belt. Um, I don't know, man. I, I do feel like they're also probably going to bring her into the originals versus outsiders thing because if you're thinking like the most successful original, it's Jay. Like there's Jade and then there's Britt. Like those yeah, are the cool. top two. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like they're eventually going to get there, but it's just padding out TV before you do that. And so it kind of feels like that's all they've been doing with it like the past however long, you know, just padding out TV. Like, oh, we've got to have Jade on the show, so we'll give a 30 seconds that stage promo. RJ is going to squash this person this week. And it's just kind of like, okay, why should I care though? You know? Uh, I guess it depends on who she wrestles next week. Because I mean, they could do something mm-hmm. really cool with this. Like, um, Hopefully, yeah. Because I mean, like, if, if you're bringing on like somebody like Lefisto or like Taya Valkyrie or somebody that has like name recognition for a wrestle, that'd be. That's just spiteful. You know what I mean? That's a spot for Libya, you know? And not nah, look, man, for me, it's just like, I echo what you say, Monty. Like, I don't get as mad as you because I just accept that this is just what she's just going to be in this infinite loop of, like, regular people that they just throw at her every couple weeks, and it's really unfortunate. I am ready for her to be inserted into this homegrowns versus outsiders feud, actually. I think she's a key member that should be in the babyface team, and I think that Thunder Rosa... Uh, coming to a truce with Britt Baker would be a powerful moment uh, also in, in that. I want to just throw that out. Uh, but, yeah, look, she's facing someone from Canada next week, and then she's just going to wrestle him for eight minutes and win. So it's just like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do agree, though, that Thunder Rose is probably going to join the originals as well. Yeah. Like, if, they, if it's a five-woman team, I, I definitely see her as one of them. Hmm. But yeah, like I said, everything I said goes completely redundant if fucking Trish Stratus walks out tomorrow in Canada. Trish yeah. Stratus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, hopefully they find a... <laughs> yeah, if they get Natty, I'm all in, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, hopefully they, they really get going with her. Because uh, to Phil's point about like getting her mixed in with like, the higher end of the division, like, Jay's literally been like vocal publicly about this. Like She, want, yeah. she wants these. Like, she wants the Brit Bakers. She wants the Jamie Haters. She wants the Sarayas. She wants to be mixed in with these people. So hopefully this feud, if she can get, um, if she can get mixed into the originals versus the uh, outsiders, hopefully that's kind of her way of sticking in that tier of talent and working with those guys, hopefully. Um, because right now, as you can guys can pretty much tell, I'm I'm tapping out on this fucking on this jade, on this jade run at the minute. I can't do it, bro. It, yeah, it is interesting. Like this is the first pay per view in a long time that she's missed because she's been on every other pay per view. Yeah, as she should be. You know, uh, it, and so I I do think she was missed uh, this time around. But <clears throat> I also can understand they were looking around like, hey, we got an hour Iron Iron Man match. We've got. Mm-hmm. We've got mm-hmm. all this other stuff going on. What can we cut off this card? And unfortunately, it was Jade. Um, and I don't think that that was necessarily the right decision. But if they didn't have a storyline for her, I get it. No, I, I didn't. I didn't mind her missing the show in the sense that <clears throat> I would have. That's like forcing a Jade match on the go home week 
like just throwing something at Jade in a segment just to throw on like might have been honestly worse to me because yeah, it's like you, you're just doing it like obligatorily. Uh, if you didn't have anything set up for her, then just it is what it is. You got to just figure out a way to uh, have something next time around. Uh, forcing her on the card just to do it and keep people happy. It's like, nah, but you didn't have anything set up. Don't don't force it last week. So I don't, I don't really... That's what they do with Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it on TV, so fucking... Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Anyway, um, we had Jericho Appreciation Society versus AR Fox and Top Floyd. Uh, mm-hmm. This went about nine, ten minutes, something like that. Um, but yeah, JAS, they got their first trios win. And... Uh, this then led to the post-match angle where um, Jericho, he calls out the House of Black, um, which part me because like, who calls out the House of Black? Chris Jericho, of course. You know? like, it's just, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he said that the lights go off, you think the House of Black is going to come out, but it's not. You hear Wildwood Sun. Um, and the elite, the elite come out and yeah, man, I'll be honest, I didn't want to see the Elite <laughs> anywhere near Jericho appreciation. Really? Sorry. But I really? guess if it, if it's for something to do something between Chris and Kenny in Winnipeg, like, that's fine, I guess, you know? Um, but yeah, man, obviously, Kenny Omega and the Elite, they cut a promo uh, about how they're, like, you know, they should be in line for the trust titles and then House of Black appears in between them. If you want them, come and get them. And then they disappear again. But... Um, <laughs> It's obviously so. This sets up the match in Winnipeg next week, which is a uh, trios trio match between the JS, which is Jericho, Garcia, and Guevara versus House of Black versus the Elite for the trios championships. I'm sure this is going to be a uh, yeah. Of, of course, it's going to be great. I think it's a good opportunity for like guys like Garcia and Guevara as well, especially Garcia to be yeah. mixed with these people and. Really make a really good account of themselves. So I hope they get some like um, noticeable spotlight, you know. Um, yeah, man, I think, this, like I said, I didn't really want to see JIS anywhere near the elite right now. But if it's for the sake of, you know, getting Kenny and Chris in the same ring, in the same ring for Winnipeg, I'm, I guess I'm for it as long as it don't go too long, which is always a worry with Chris Jericho. So, you know. Um, Phil, where are you at with this, uh, this trio's feud? Match. I thought it was, I thought it was crazy in a time where the ranking has disappeared from AEW programming. That Jericho wins one trios match, and he's just like, "Yep, I'm number one contender now." Like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> that that was kind of crazy. Um, but I I thought his line of saying, "Hey, c- cut out the lights and do the best entrance in wrestling right now," and then the elite doing it basically to say, "Like, we have the best interest in wrestling right now," was really cool. Um, I thought this segment worked in it. It I feel like uh if anybody was worried about the trio's titles coming out of revolution, like this definitely showed that nah we still got stuff to do with these titles. Um yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I was happy to see the elite. Uh at this point in the show, to be honest, I was kinda bored. And so just seeing them it was like, Hey, it was like, Oh, let's go. Uh yeah, I just I just love the elite, you know what I mean? Uh, contrary to popular belief, back of Hangman loves the elite. Uh, I was happy to see them, you know, I was happy to see them do a thing on the show. And so, uh, I was, I was up for this setup, you know, with them in the GAS. I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. You know, Jericho and, and Kenny had great matches a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see Garcia mix it up with Kenny Omega. 
and um, you know, Buddy Matthews, Malachi, all, all those dudes. So I, I was I was down for all of this. Don Callis clearly is heading towards a split uh, of some kind with the elite. Uh, he interrupted Kenny Omega. And uh, yeah, this three-way trios match next week. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I, I was I, I like this. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we I guess we we're all expecting it to be a great match next week as well. So it's gonna be you fire. know, some good stuff going on. Um, okay, next up, this popped me for very weird reasons, but it just did. TK's announcement of the international <laughs> of the All Atlantic Championship changing to the AW <coughs> International Championship. And this is to this is also setting up a match between Orange Cassidy and Jeff Jarrett, which is also plugging what film? Any of you know off the top of your head? Um, Shazam. Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Okay. Tony was like, "Hi, I'm a I'm AEW president." Oh, bro, it was bro. I had to count. It. I had to count it, bro. He said Winnipeg. Six times. He, and he like, said next week six or seven times. He said with with our friends here at Warner <laughs> Brothers Discovery, AEW is going to level up, and we're going to level up starting with the AEW All Atlantic Championship, and it's going to now level up to the International Championship. Our this is what it was like, bro. Yeah, it was just like in Winnipeg next week we level it <laughs> off <laughs> in Orange Cassidy next week in Winnipeg next week and it's just like bro Shazam Fury of the Gods Shazam Fury of the Gods Warner Brothers Discovery All All Atlantic International Winnipeg I'm still not convinced he's a real human being really. to be honest <laughs> to be to be honest to be completely honest I need to meet him to make sure you know to, to be completely honest I, I think Tony's <laughs> getting more comfortable on uh, doing these announcements on TV to be honest with you well it's definitely better than fucking the last time he said next week million times remember that fuck Freak? Are you talking about the, the famous one? Uh, on the like famous Bob, one. Where yeah. he's just like, no, dynamite. <laughs> that popped me too. To be no, li- literally, like I um, I feel like Tony he avoids doing TV because he's not. He's <laughs> <laughs> he crying, bro. Mati's <laughs> an asshole. Listen, look, he's not a TV performer. He knows it. Doesn't try to force it. You know, he he knows what his lane is. He's like, I'm here to book the show. Uh, which is why he doesn't put himself on. But look, you know, I think I think it makes your promotion look more legitimate when the boss is making the announcements on TV. And so you got to do it to get used to it. And uh, look, this time is better than last time. You know, baby steps. And, uh, you know, we'll eventually get somewhere with this. So, you know, the announcement was pretty cool. You know, I was down for it. Yeah. I might watch Shazam Fear of the Gods now, you know. Might <laughs> well, see, see what Dwayne's cooking. But yeah, man, we... Uh... As we as we were talking about, uh, we've got Orange Cassidy, Jeff Jarrett next week for the AEW International Championship. Uh, next up, which I thought was the highlight of the show, which is a shame it, it lasted under two minutes, like, but you know, it's what you get, what you get sometimes. Uh, Brian Danielson's promo, um, he's emotional in the back after just being uh, defeated by Maxwell in the Revolution match. He's really dejected just now, and then he's talking about like he's going through the match and how he thought about his kids and how um, he kind of like, he brought back what MJF was saying in the lead up about how he's selfish and how he shouldn't be wrestling with all his head trauma and blah, blah, blah. And how MJF, um, MJF's line about him not being able to play his kids again, that ran through his mind when uh, he was in the LaBelle lock or something like that. Um, he said when he was in, he said when he was in the uh, yes lock, but MJF put him in, he couldn't feel his leg. Uh, it was just really good. It felt really real. Obviously, playing on his like concussion trauma, 
playing on the stuff on the storyline with his family and stuff like that. I thought it was just really well done as well by Brian himself. Um, he mentions that he's going to have to go home for a while. Um, maybe he's taking some time off. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe it's just he's going to go home for a week or two. Or, you know, he might take a little, have a little staycation at home. I don't know. Um, so, Ibi, what did you think of the promo? And what do you think it is next with Brian Danielson going forwards? Brian Danielson is the most complete performer in all of professional wrestling. <laughs> is that all? <laughs> you know what? I was going to say more, but no. It just, he's the most complete performer in all of professional wrestling. All right, man. You know what? It works. Phil, um, hopefully a couple more words on that. But Yeah, yeah man. What, what, what did you think and what do you think's next for Brian? There was a time period when people were like, this guy's just a great in-ring wrestler. Like, you guys remember that? Like, there was a time period where yes. people were saying that this guy was not a talker. Couldn't do promos. Yes. And... Jeez, I mean, this this segment made you feel everything, man. Like, yeah, I I thought this was one of the best uh, segments on the show. Definitely a highlight of the show. It was the best segment on the show. Yeah, I think it was the highlight of the show by far. Um, and I mean, I've been saying for weeks that Brian has been the best thing on the show. Like, and, and when he's not on the show, his absence is felt. Yeah. Um, and so... I don't know. I don't know what he does next. I think them closing the segment with it's time for me to go home makes me feel like he's going to Ring of Honor. Um, oh. I feel like now he's going to go and do like matches there and probably attempt to win a Ring of Honor championship again. And I feel like it makes so much sense because we got uh, BCC basically turning heel here. And it makes sense. So I think I think eventually we're going to get Claudio versus uh, Brian on a Ring of Honor show. You know what? I, I will add something. So, for a while in AW, Brian Danielson wasn't like he was on the, the, the face alignment, but he wasn't really like the, the the old baby face Brian. He was very much like, you know, he, he wrestled like a mean bastard, you know what I mean? And like a bully. And um, recently, he's back to really being a, a straight up baby face. And the way they've done it is by playing the whole like family angle. And it's very well done. Like, it's not like hokey or like. You know, they're trying to force it to make you to feel, like, sentimental for him. But, like, it's very human and, like, you could really buy it with him. Yeah. I genuinely, like, want him to just, like, be okay. You know what I mean? So that he can, like, yeah. you know, live a normal life and not struggle with that. Like, I, I genuinely. So, um, yeah, man, what a baby face. Because of that, if, if some people predict, like, the BCC is going to, like, beat the hell out of him to kick him out. And if that angle does happen, it will, like. It will like hurt, you know what I mean? To see, like, it's gonna suck. Like, I'm gonna be like, damn, man, like, they really did him like that. Like, that's gonna actually yeah, be, be I, tough. I, I, I think that that's definitely where this is going. I think that, I think that the remaining members of BCC have definitely chosen Mox as the leader. And I think that Mox is still stewing over the Regal stuff because Regal screwed him out of champ, screwed him out of championship. Yeah, no, nah, I think that this is leading to BCC turning on, on Brian. I think Brian, yeah. I think Brian is going to go full baby face, and he's going to challenge Claudio for the title. Sounds like real graps. Can't lie. <laughs> yeah. Can't lie. Um, so, yeah, next up we had the BCC match, um, which was Moxley and Claudio versus Silver and Reynolds. Um so I, think, I think I ever said this before we went live or earlier, but it's like... I just listen. I know. 
Max is a great wrestler, and I'm never going to be like mad about seeing him wrestle. But when you've just lost literally the most violent match in the company's history, like maybe take a week off, you know? Like fuck, man. Like bro, like, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> and this is where I worry. It's like we all know, like anyone who's kind of like tapped in, sort of thing, like the way we are, like following wrestling and stuff. Like we all know, Moxley at the moment in this mode, like he wants to wrestle fucking all the time. He wants to wrestle every week. But like Tony Khan's booker should be like, "Yo, Tony, like, yo, Max, like, <laughs> you you see what happened to you on Sunday, bro? Like, come on, so like, sell the Texas Death Match at least a little bit, right? Yeah, sell it a little bit, bro. Um, but you know, like I'm like I said, I'm never gonna be like mad about seeing a Max match on TV. You know what I mean? Max is great, but I just think, why why did we need this match? Like, they could have done the angle without doing the match, you know? Um, but yeah, the the angle was the big thing, of course. We'll get to that as well now, like the angle. Um, <clears throat> so, BCC win, and then they attack uh, Silver and Reynolds after the match. Uh, Hangman comes down to make the save. As he's making the save, Reynolds is on the outside and he's leaning over the ropes, like kind of like checking on him. But he's left in the ring with the BCC, and then uh, Claudio gets close to him and he shoves him away. I think he might have even punched him. Then Claudio just then Claudio just marks him with an uppercut, and the BCC just all fucking attack him like a pack of wild dogs, and uh, the crowd's booing the shit out of him. It's kind of like it's he's pretty much a heel turn, you know. Um, so you got BCC, it looks like they're going heel now. Um, and the brawling, and it's kind of like it's this chaotic scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this chaotic scene in the ring and on the outside. So it's all going on. It looks like BCC are turning heel. Um, they're all getting the shots in. You know, the crowd was booing the fuck out of them to be fair. Got over if that was the intention. Uh, yeah, and what do you guys think of this and where this is going? Obviously, it's continuing the hangman Moxley feud, which. I was, I said earlier about the Hangman promo, he kind of uh, foreshadowed this by saying he was done with Max and not saying anything else. Uh, but yeah, this, it looks like this thing's still going, but now in a trio sense. So, what are you thinking, Phil? Um, I feel like, uh, especially with the backstage stuff uh, we got on the digital side with um, Callis uh, stepping in and, and speaking for the elite, mm-hmm. and you could tell that. Callus and Omega are kind of on the same page, and then you've also got stuff like Callus has been scouting uh, Takeshita. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is setting up for Omega to go his own way again and not be a part of the trio. And I feel like this is setting up for the Bucks and Hangman to become a trio eventually. I feel like the reunion has been hmm. building for that's interesting for a while, and I think that's where they're going with this. I think that they're gonna make Hangman and the Bucks a trio. I've been seeing a lot of people talk about like, what if, what if we do Hung Bucks? What if we do Bucks versus Omega and Takeshita? Because Takeshita is gonna, you know, he's being, you know, uh, linked to Callus a little bit. Uh, people were saying, what if you do Hangman and the Bucks versus Omega, Takeshita, and Abushi? There's a lot of like really interesting, cool uh, matches you could put up, put together here. And yeah. uh, BCC being on the heel side. Uh, can create even more. Uh, what my thoughts on this whole thing, Monty, are that BCC and the heel side is a good call. It, it strengthens up the heel side. Yeah. You've been saying for months, Monty, whenever I bring up at the heel side's uh, uh, week, 
You've been saying, just turn people. You're get them on the other side. You were like, bro, just turn people. And it always pops me when you think of that, like, look, whatever the subject is, it's like, oh, the heel sword, though, bro. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> turn people heel. Like, just turn yeah, niggas heel. I mean, Mike makes the most sense because Mike has been essentially working heel since yeah. June. I mean, when you look at the Tanahashi match, he mat- he worked that match in the heel. He yeah. kind of worked the max match at a full gear the heel as well. He did. Um, so, no, nah, I feel like this heel turn with him has been coming for a while. I think it's been coming at least since the Regal match, probably before then. Before, uh, yeah. Because so remember, like, before he went to rehab, bro, it looked like that's where they were going to go with him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was, so, he was going in that direction. Yeah, I feel like there's a long time coming. So I feel like this makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense that he would still not be over Regal turning on him. It makes mm-hmm. sense that uh yuda who has had problems with with brian Danielson. would pick him and say no you're the leader of this group man we're not we're not following him mm-hmm. he sided with regal we're not following him and when um, claudio and when claudio joined the group danielson wasn't even in the picture because he was out with the with the injury you know yeah. so they, i can see how they're all partial to john in, in kayfabe you know so yeah man it was a good development development yeah. um okay we had an acclaimed promo. Obviously, it's always cool to see them because they're fucking over as fuck. Um, and then we got to the main event, which was Powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow for the TNT Championship in a... Uh, was it was it the street fight or no holds bars? False, false count anywhere. False count on it. So neither of the things I said pop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, false count anywhere. Hobbs versus Wardlow. Uh, Hobbs wins the bout, man. Short, shortest TNT title run ever, I would assume. Uh... Wardlow, yeah. Uh, Wardlow, as we spoke about at length earlier on in the pod, it's, uh, you know, just so much just not clicking, man. But Hobbs, on the other hand, Hobbs is rolling, brother. You know, Hobbs is, uh, I love Hobbs, bro. I've always wanted to, like, uh, especially like the past year or so, maybe a bit longer, like, wanted him to kind of get this sort of spotlight as a single, you know. Um, when he was doing like his heel stuff earlier on in the year, it kind of felt like it wasn't going anywhere, you know. Uh, whereas now it's kind of obviously he's got the belt, it's got some direction you can do, it opens up multiple things you can do. I think if he is spotlighted the way that he deserves to be, if it's right, then I think he can really cook, man. Uh, I think Hobbs is great, bro. Like in everywhere, like, um, he's not the most like amazing promo ever, but he can fucking cut a promo, you know, he can cut a promo. He can he can wrestle a good match and he looks like look, a look yeah like look, look at him, at him. Bro, like look at come him. on he's a I like Hobbs a lot man I think he can have a really good TNT title right um well what do you think of uh what uh Hobbs can do with this belt Phil um I think this was the right call um <clears throat> I had been saying from the beginning I think Hobbs should win it. and I think Hobbs should have won it sooner than this I thought Hobbs should have won it months ago um. Mm. But I think this was the right call. Do I like how we got here? Uh, the finish of this match is kind of weird. Mm. Uh, if it's a if it's a false count anywhere match, why were you counting? Oh, of course, I've completely like, forgot the QT stuff. Like <laughs> that didn't make sense. Uh, and the QT stuff, I it didn't really bother me. But it was just the count out part of it that I was like, well, why are they counting? It's a, I don't understand. Oh like, snap! That's why why Monty was confused on the stipulation. Like yeah, that's why I was confused about. I was like, this isn't. This isn't the last man standing match. Um, it's a all like why are, why are we counting? Yeah, like, cool. yeah. it was it was, a, it was a weird it was a weird finish. But um, that aside, I think it was the right call. I mean, this guy clearly is over with the fans in California. He's super over. 100%. Um, and I think if anybody 
was confused about the decision. The promo he cut afterwards that wasn't on TV, and the clips are going around online now. Like, nah, man, they've got to run with this guy. I think he's great. Yeah, man. My my well, opinion is that Will Hobbs is awesome, like you guys said. Just real uh, quickly, boo, before you yeah. get started, uh, you know, got to do my host duties properly. Obviously, yeah. uh, QT Marshall, you know, uh, for those who didn't watch, which I'm sure you all did, he, uh, what did he do, bro? He, he came out with a chair. He hit Wardlow and in the back. Yeah, with he, his smut, chair. he, smut, he hit him in the back with a chair, and he hit him with a headshot, I'm sure he did. Yes, he and did. Then, and, uh, then, and then he. They double power bombed him, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, okay. onto, onto a bed. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it was that. Um, I look. I I love Will Hobbs. I'm happy he's the champion. That's the right call. I couldn't get excited about him winning because of how they executed this when I was watching it. Because it was just like the match is pretty fun. You know what I mean? Like it was a pretty fun big guy, uh, you know, dis- no disqualification type of match. Uh, the, the Swanton to the outside was was a cool spot. You know, mm-hmm. uh, good powerhouse stuff. Um, but like. Yeah, man, Hobbs needing the help of QT and actual physical assistance by QT to get the win was just kind of lame to me. And then, mm-hmm. like, the final bump was done on, like, a mattress, like, literally, like, done on a mattress. And, like, it, it shot it, and I was just kind of like, all right, bro. And so that, as well as Hobbs, like, getting his hand raised by QT and, like, the final shot of the show being about, like, what QT did to Wardlow rather than, like, Hobbs winning the title just felt like the bigger thing to me. Like, it, it felt like... It was just like the, the the energy leaving the show was like QT Marshall. Wow, like he fucked over <laughs> Wardlow. Like okay, QTV. yeah, and he's like kind of holding up Ward uh, Hobbs's arm, like it's like a partnership, and it may not be. I know people already pointed out that he's paying them back a debt from like the summer last year, uh, but I, I just wasn't crazy about the execution here. But as in terms of the result, it was right as a result to make. Um, I, I hope I hope Wardlow and QT don't enter like a, a long feud to be honest mm. that doesn't sound like that sounds awful that does not sound like productive television awful. for for uh wardlow you know it, it should be as simple as he literally kills him next week like just absolutely murks him and then just moves on uh but yeah i'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what will Hobbs does with this belt i hope he really really does well and i hope yes, i hope i hope he keeps this belt for a while too because it's been bouncing a lot i think i think we've Hobbs. Honestly, I think the bar should be like this. Should be the best reign since Miro? Miro's, or something's gone wrong. I genuinely feel that way um, because like, all the reigns in between have kind of either been like bad or kind of short lived. Like, like Samoa Joe's reign, for example, like you know, we all had fun with it, and she wasn't bad. But it's not like when you're looking at the great TNT title reigns, you're not putting Samoa Joe's like three-week reign or whatever the fuck it was in there. Do you know what I mean? Same with Derby. We had that great match with uh, Joe, but, you know, uh, it's not like it was a long-lived reign or anything. I think Hobbs can, should and could be given, a, you know, a lengthy reign where he can like, he can really cook, he can really get more of his personality on the show and he can also, like, have the matches that um, hopefully he can have, you know, just pair him with, like, workhorses, man, you know? And just let him cook, bro. Like it's not like a, he doesn't need to be carried or anything because he's a good worker. But he's not. He's not someone that I look at and think, "Oh, he's a match guy." Do you know what I mean? So ideally, you put him with match guys and you have the great matches. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. No, he he's not a guy. I feel like he got to carry. He had one of my favorite CM Punk <laughs> matches from that first year. Yeah, I saw um, that live. Yeah. So no, I, I think Wardlow. I mean, not Wardlow. I think uh, 
I think the Habs can carry this belt for a minute. Um, yeah, man. You can I am a li- I'm a little bit concerned with the QT stuff, but it's not enough for me to be like, ah, I'm down on this. Um, it's, it's mostly because I'm just happy for Hobbs. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Frankly, uh, frankly, I think people being happy for Hobbs is the reason why, like, people aren't universally like grilling this ending. To be honest with you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it, 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 it's like it's like everyone accepts it as like a means to an end to get what they wanted. You know. Yeah. Um, no. Definitely watching watching Reg drop the thank you QT tweets afterwards was <laughs> amazing. Um, Reg also cheering very loudly while kid was booing behind him <laughs> while Haas was cutting his promo on ring was also amazing. This is great stuff. Um, uh, being in Sacramento and um, Hobbs being an Oakland guy and him going out of his way to go, nah, Sacramento Kings suck. Um, I, I saw <laughs> that, stuff. yeah. Hobbs well, is a beast, man. Shout out to Will Hobbs, man. Yeah, shout out to Will Hobbs, 100%. Um, but yeah, man, that was that was dynamite. Uh, there was no Jungle Boy, but apparently the live chat was telling me earlier he's going to be on Rampage. But still, man, like, oh, <laughs> oh, come on, what, man, you know? What, what uh, do you think is next for Jungle Boy? I don't know. I was hoping to find out. That's he, should, he, should, he should, whether it happens or not, he should be verbally talking about wanting to win the AEW championship. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like he should be next in line to challenge Max. I don't know if it. I don't know if he's the direct next uh, challenger, but I think by the next pay per view, you should be grooming him to be the guy to challenge. I, I wouldn't mind him as the TV feud bridging us before we get to the feud that leads to double or nothing. Personally. Uh, and I also would not mind. I saw people throwing out a pillars four way, and I don't know where you would do that, but mm. I, I, I think it'd be a, a cool thing to <laughs> that do. That would if be nothing, dope. If nothing else is a proof of concept that our, our pushes with these young talents are working, to 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 throw that as a title match, it could be AEW's way to brag. Like, yeah, man, like our, our process with making stars is, is successful. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I really, yeah. I really like that. I think the pillars four way at double or nothing makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, it depends depends on how you pull it off. I I trust Max to make that work. You know, I wouldn't mind that on TV either on the special episode. So, I mean, you know. he he did mention all of those guys during the scrum. He did yes. mention how he feels like he's better than all of those guys. So mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Super, yeah, super to go with it, I guess. But um, yeah, man, Dynamite. It was a uh, an interesting episode. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, to be honest. Um. It also kind of like lacked like the the banger dynamite match matches as well for me. Um, like for me, like there was nothing that was even like remotely close to a four star match on this show. Like, uh, there's like some weeks on dynamite you'll have like, three, <laughs> three, yeah, you'll have like, three. three bangers. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Um, it lacked in that sense, and also it's just kind of like I think. If anyone hasn't been able to kind of tell throughout the duration of this show, uh, I think I, I think I've just like tapped out on Tony creatively, bro. Like it's just I can't. Ma- one of our guys on, from the podcast, Manny, he uh, he's like very like anti wrestling weekly TV. He just wants to see good matches and shit, you know. Uh, and with the way Tony books, bro, it's just like. Dynamite's always best when he does stacked cards that feel like uh, TV, like pay per views. You know what I mean? Like stacked up weekly pay per view kind of thing. 
And I just think he should like really like focus in more on like that model because that's when he performs best. That's when everyone's saying thank you, Tony Khan. That's when he's yeah. getting fucking nines on cage match for his shows. Like when he's doing these mini pay per views every Wednesday. Um, when he's doing this fucking wrestler friendly, creative freedom version of weekly wrestling WWE TV, bro. I just, I just can't do it bro like it's just i just find some of it so bad um or just stop trying to figure out the intricacies of your little quarter hours and stuff like that and just like just book good cards do what you're good at do what's been successful critically for you um and just cook and just do your fucking weekly pay-per-views bro because i think you can you can still build stories by doing that you know uh yeah. Well, like I said, when he tries to do like the you know the weekly wrestling TV, like, but it's different to WWE, you know, drama. The like, just it, a lot of the time, it's just bad. Like, and I'm just, I'm done with it now. Just, but when he does these week, when he does these weekly, <laughs> when he does these weekly pay per views, bro, like I'm all in. It show it showcases the best things about AEW, the best things about what Dynamite can be. Um, but yeah, bro, he's not good at being like creative even with angles and stuff. So like. Don't you know? <laughs> I mean, when you really think about it, like I think some of the better angles that have come out of AEW were a byproduct of the wrestlers coming and doing their idea of what the yeah. should be. Like I, I, feel I like, totally agree. Like the Max and Punk feud, I feel like the reason that feud was good was mostly because of Max and Punk. I mean, if you look at the the year long story they did with Hangman coming back to win championship that's mostly kenny and adam doing that together like yeah. and i mean even like some of the subtle storytelling they did with the bucks that's the bucks doing what they're good at um so i don't want to say that he's he hasn't done anything creatively as a booker that i enjoy but i feel like most of the things i enjoy the most about AEW have come from the wrestlers yeah tony i mean i said tony phil i to, that's kind of my thing it's that uh See, the, the, the strength of Tony and AEW is that they will platform great wrestlers to do their art at the mm-hmm. highest level with with with, with uh, pretty much little filter, right? And so, like, at its best, you get, like, all the great sides of Jericho and his style and the elite and what they do in their brand of storytelling and CM Punk and all these other guys, right? And so I, I agree with you. I think their greatest feuds are a byproduct of, like, the, the mind of, like, those high-level wrestlers, right? And so I think when, when, when it's when it's le- the show, when the show leans more on just Tony's ideas and stuff, I think it's just hard Oof. at this point to be dynamic and creative when you have to do, you know, dynamite, rampage, elevation, dark elevation, ring of honor. And it's like if you're somebody who consumes most of this, you're going to just notice the patterns and stuff. And at some point it just kind of gets old for you. Right. I don't think like Monty said, just do weekly pay-per-views. That's a hard pace to keep up all the time. So I'm not even asking for that. I think you're going to get great wrestling on Dynamite no matter what, just as a result of employing a roster this incredible in ring. Like, their roster is incredible. So, like, you just pair most people and you're going to get great results. I just think, um, I think he needs to just identify who's actually cooking and, like, focus on them. And do you think them... he can do No, but the more thing is, is I don't think he has the eye to do that, bro. So it's like um it's all well and good when we're like okay, like the freedom that he allows allows uh 
people like MJF and Punk to cook. It allows the elite and hangman to cook and do their like what they laid out. And I think AEW absolutely should still be a place where that is a viable option. But mm. I think there should just be a lot more quality control with it. So like in yeah in, with like my ideal way AEW functions, like that stuff would still happen within the context of these like weekly pay-per-views. But you'd just be like the really like the good shit that, you know, like I said, quality control, man. Like obviously CM Punk and MJF, you know they're gonna cook. The elite when they get really get their teeth into something, you know they're gonna cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people get like, into it. Yeah. People like Jericho on the other hand, you might need to uh, you know what I mean? You might have to tell him no sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of wrestlers like that. Like uh, another one's like when Swar Strickland says that he wants to form a group and he picks out those two wrestlers, mm-hmm. someone should be uh, like someone like Tony should be like, hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, it, it, like, I, I, things I like think, that, you know? I do think they've got to get the Swerve and Keith Lee stuff back on Dynamite. Like, I think that mm. that has been a, I think that has been a misstep, uh, putting that stuff on Rampage because the stuff that they're doing is good. But I don't think that it belongs on Rampage. I think it belongs on Dynamite. And I think that was because the the card for this show was so crowded with Revolution. They just didn't have a spot for them. But now I think they've got to get back to pushing that as a main storyline on Dynamite. Yeah. For me, it's just it, it boils down to just uh, Tony is what he is as a creative person. And so it's just like for Dynamite to work for me, which, which to be fair, it, most weeks it does. Of course, it's a great show, usually. Uh, just, just, just identify who's cooking really the most. Like for someone just comments, Irene C said, a lot of the talents that fans want to see are regularly missing from Dynamite. Where was Hook, Bandito, Takeshita, Lucha Brothers, etc.? Uh, instead, the Guns are tag champs and Jared, Jeff Jarrett and Lethal are on TV Weekly. Like, yeah, like for some people, like there, there's reasons for that, whether it be you know travel or visas or whatever. But like generally speaking, that th- there is something to that where it's just like. He has these designated acts that he has on TV because, like, you know, they're easy to use and book and easy to just kind of slot in and lose matches. But it comes at the detriment of certain guys that are, like, much more dynamic and, and like, you know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Again, like I said, when it comes to, like, the weekly TV and that, bro, like, uh, it's all like quite I said at the start of the podcast, but it's like, this is how you lead into your, uh, your follower to Revolution. It's like, it's, it's like you just don't... Like, you, who am I, bro? Like, I'm just fucking the guy who's got a fucking little website who sits at home doing podcasts and that. But it's like the guy just don't get wrestling TV, if that makes sense, you know? Like, it's it's just the TV in general as well, bro. It's like... You come out of a big pay-per-view like that, you know? And it's like... I don't know, say if you have a season finale in any fucking tour of fucking entertainment, you know? It's like the first show after that would like immediately at the opening of that next show after that would give you something correlating from what you just saw, which was like one of the big happenings. In this case it would have been like an MJF, a um you know, a big hangman thing or even like the like, like we said earlier, like it would have been nice if we could have got like a few of those promos backstage live, you know. MJF, Brian, Hangman, any of them, you know. Um but yeah, just as a as a follow up to your one of the greatest pay per views that you've ever put on, I just don't think they uh I don't think they achieved what they should have at all. Like <laughs> 
there was a couple things on the show, you know, but overall, when you're looking at it as a follow-up show to Revolution, I just thought it was a, a bit of a miss, to be honest. Then also you throw in the fact that there wasn't the great dynamite banger on it which sometimes we have three of. I just I just did not think it was a good episode of Dynamite, to be honest. Um, but it wasn't all bad, you know. I'd probably give it a four <laughs> number- out of ten. Oh, I, knew wow. I was waiting for the number. I, wow. yeah. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think it was a bad episode of Dynamite. I do agree with you, though, that I don't think they capitalized off of the pay-per-view. Like yeah. They should have. That's, that's um, my mindset. But I, I don't think it was bad. There were a lot of things here I enjoy. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think AR Fox is the best signing they've made in a long time. Every time this guy is on TV, he's, he's awesome, amazing. Man. He's doing like, well. He's amazing, man. Like that, and I feel like they've got to figure out a way to, like you said, capitalize on guys that are doing well and keep them on TV. Like, I mean, you do forget things like how over some guys are until they're on TV, and it's like, yeah, oh man, that guy is kind of high. Why don't they have him on TV? Like. I feel like you would expect the hook stuff to die down, but this guy is still over, and you don't see him on TV. It's weird. Mm. Mm. It's uh, you know, it's just, it's uh, we've got one, two, three, we've got lots of seven super jets for us, so we'll do those. Let's close out with this. Yeah, man. Uh, we've got a few. So uh, we've got a Darren Walker thread that's going on. So. <laughs> it's, uh, Hobbs versus Wardlow match made no sense. Why falls count anywhere match? Uh, it, I genuinely think it was probably just booked because Wardlow's gear got stolen. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, good, it's uh, good as, yeah. It's probably just going to be a straight up match, you know. Uh, yeah. but, um, Did I understand right that QT was trying to make it seem like he was behind breaking into his car? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> QT's, uh, yo, QT's funny. I can't lie. Yeah, Q, QT's he's, got. He's he has got like a good mind for the business sort of thing you know yeah. he's a good work he's just like because uh, of the way he's been presented and that he's just like as a non-tv character as a tv character it's just kind of like whatever <laughs> like, you Yo, know? quick but, quick 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 side note uh while the show was happening monty did you i don't know if you saw you were scrolling twitter john cena was a guest host today guest coach in the nightmare factor oh god bless. what <laughs> that's some, that's some, some real graps going on. Yeah, mad, mad nightmare factory students, including many that do like AEW Dark and stuff, are just tagging. I'm like, thank you, John Cena. This was life changing. Oh my god! Like this was a, one of the greatest days of my life. Oh god, that is that's that's that's, that's uh, that is great to be honest. They, yeah, they, they tag they tag him, QT, Cody. It was hilarious. You should check oh, it out later. But yeah, man. Uh, wow. Yeah. So that's what Darren Walker had to say about. I didn't even finish it. Hobbs versus Woodlove match made no sense. Wild Force can't anywhere match and Crazy QT with him. I like Hobbs. I like Hobbs too. Should have a long TNT run. Um, absolutely agreed with the last part, 100%. Um, Thank you for the super chat, Dan. And then Chris O'Bread to Darren Walker, 199. Uh, no, Chris O'Bread, 199. Darren Walker, have a good opinion, question mark. <laughs> uh, and then Darren Walker replied with a $5 super chat. I appreciate that too. Saying Chris, I have great opinions. Ibu and Monty would agree. <laughs> <laughs> and you should sort your Wi-Fi out. Owned. Oh um, wow! Ibu, give Chris a Thursday ban for his shambles tonight by him. I might have to. I might have to. I can't lie. <laughs> I can't lie. This is spiteful. But yeah, I appreciate all the super chats, um, Darren and Chris, of course. Um, Phantom for the win. Five pound super chat. QT saw Wardlow assault in a proud, hard-working black man <laughs> while wearing an FTR shirt and said, not on my watch. 
That's cool. <laughs> Yo. Oh. All right. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, man. I'll, I'll support it. <laughs> Thank you, Phantom. Uh, uh, see, they look at crazy. Uh, Andrew, um, 499. Ibu, I was sitting in my cell oh my and you God. crossed my mind. Keep on grinding, Top G. Don't forget all the classes you took at Hustlers <laughs> University. Much love. Heart emoji. I can't, I can't speak on anything regarding Hustlers University and my involvement or lack thereof of that university uh best of luck in your cell mr tate i think you got a lot to focus on that are that's much deeper than this podcast uh i heard you have cancer i don't know if that's true or not sir it's not apparent man. wow uh i guess hey, that's the power of a, of a top yeah. c, yeah, i guess i swear i swear you just done it to just do the tweet after you know whoever his <laughs> pr people are doing the tweet stuff because it's like uh there's all that rumor and stuff going around that like he had cancer and stuff, mm-hmm. and he had the shadow on his lung, and it needed to be urgently checked. And then he just posts his thing on Twitter, and he's doing like the splits. Oh, he's like, oh I'm a warrior, you know. And warriors, they have scars even on the inside. Oh, you my know? fucking god! <laughs> and he was like, I don't, he was like, I don't have cancer. It's just, uh, it's just some scarring on his lungs or something. This like nigga that. tweets like he's like a like a samurai or something. It's crazy Listen, as well Andrew, because it's someone like on his. It's like his PR people. Or yeah, it's like yeah. they've got someone who's just like as insane as him that like, cannot tweet like him. It's just like <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Look, Andrew, you you are like stuck in Romania right now, bro. Like I don't know how you're tweeting right now. I mean, I don't know how you're sending super chats, but uh, thank you for the money. Yeah, man, appreciate the super chats always. And one last one from Aaron Walker, of course, with the. Five pound super chat. Um, appreciate it as always. Agree with Keithy versus Swerve on Dynamite only if Rick Ross has got a live mic. So if anytime Tony can get Rick Ross on Dynamite, he should like do it, unless it's like ungodly amounts of money, which I doubt it is. Um, he was amazing the first he's time. He's awesome, bro. He, he was he, he was like a natural, you know, like a natural public speaker, if that makes sense, in the sense of like he got that mic and he was funny and he was charismatic and. Rick Ross, bro, and just like the novelty of it being Rick Ross as well, like that. It's just uh, he's a beast, bro. It, it was great. He popped me how he uh, he was like, what was, what did he get? He got like some votes for uh, best non wrestler and like the on the Observer Awards, Awards yeah. It's like how, bro? Like, <laughs> nah, I was like, I, yo, I saw that. I was like, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of managers though, bro. Like, you know, some people are they better than Rick Ross? The, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, what was our, our top five? I think was uh, Regal Heyman. Um, Regal Heyman. Stoke was on Stokely. There, Stokely was definitely on there. After that, you got to put Rick Ross on, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, Stokely, Mark Sterling, and there was there was someone else before Mark Sterling because if I remember correctly, Mark Sterling was fifth. Um. Fuck, I can't remember who it was, though. But Rick Ross didn't make our top four, and it was like an actual manager. But obviously, they kind of been that inspiring if I can't remember him right now. Uh, exactly. Uh, who the fuck? Was it Don Callis? You know what? You'd be filled that air. All right. Uh, listen, guys, if you stuck with us through three hours, you guys are awesome, and we appreciate this audience. 
I know there's a lot going on, but you guys decided to stay with the Russell Pierce podcast. So if you've been with us this entire time, please like the video if you have not yet already. Uh, you know what I mean? Special thanks to all the viewers. Phil Lindsay, man, popping in. You know what I'm saying? Not a contracted Russell Pierce uh, employee by any means, but uh, but 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 a brother and a friend of the channel. So uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's been it's been dope. Don Callis. It was done. Yeah. Wow. It was. Um. No. No. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Damn, nigga. <laughs> no, it was a it was a different Russell Pierce tweets. Uh. Wait, what kind of find? You know, yo, yo, I'm, doing it, I'm doing it literally the hardest way possible. Um, and I can just Google WrestlePurist Awards. This man. There they this, are. This nigga. I've found them. Um, right. Um, scroll, scroll, scroll. Monty's killing me. Uh, well, you're meant to be feeling dead air, bro. Like, you, have you, you never you, been you, on a podcast before? Like, I, Jesus, bro. Yo, Phil, you're, 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 we can't hear you, bro. I'm looking at it right now. It's Michael Cole. Wow, there you, there you go. He's not even a manager. He's just That's hilarious. Bro, every, it was Michael Cole. everything. Yeah, 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 I've got it. Yeah, Michael Cole. Bro, so. Rick, Rick, Rick Ross being on there was deserved, if you ask me. He 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 got the mogul affiliates <laughs> off the ground, which is how good he was in that in that first segment. That man, yeah. man surely there was someone, bro. Like, even if it was just someone in stardom or something, <laughs> like, surely there was like, someone, you know. Yo, um, you know what killed me when Swerve did the Gideon Gray. No, <laughs> no, bro. Bro, he can he can actually talk though. Uh, I'm good. He's, on good. You. he's good. I like Gideon. Uh, bro, bro, when Swerve did the, 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 did the stomp. And like Rick Ross is on on the mic and he's like Maybach music. <laughs> yeah, bro, it was, it was incredible. Yeah, uh, Rick Ross is great. Maybach music. Murph said, "Why didn't you read my super chat one ninety nine? Uh, Murph, if you just put it, you don't have to super chat it again. But if you just put it in the, uh, if you just put it in the chat, I'll read it out, whatever it was, because I must have missed it. I can't. Yeah." You could be swindling me right now, but if you whatever you put in here, if you're still here, yeah. Manny's doing a birth prank. Yeah, but yeah, Murph, whatever you want us to read out, get it in the live chat right now before we get out of here because I'm getting tired. So, you know, I got to bounce, nigga. This shit kind of going on. Four ninety nine. Yeah, Murph, I didn't ask you how much it was, but my brother. <laughs> just what was your question, bro? What the what did it say? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, kicking up a storm in the live chat. Killing me. I said, I think Jade is going to face Candice LeRae, who is a top wrestler in Quebec. You agree, Ibu? Ibu, what do you think, mate? <laughs> it's contractually impossible. Oh, there you go. That answers that, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, man, Candice LeRae. Uh <laughs> Yeah, man. Shout out, shout out, Candice and Johnny. You know, um, okay. So, Respirist, we have uh, we've reviewed Dynamite. We've talked a little bit of news. We've had a special guest, Phil Lindsay. Chris has had Wi-Fi issues, and we've lost him. Um, pretty good episode, if you ask me. You know, you know, we uh, appreciate all the people who spend nearly three hours with us on a Thursday. And uh, yeah, man, is there anything else? I'm trying to think. Is there anything else we want to get through? Uh, but yeah, it's probably time to get out of here. So, mm-hmm. of course, 
Phil, do you have anything that you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Of course, this is a, you know, you're used to you used to the bigger crowds and shit, mm-hmm. you know, but you know there might be a few new people out there who aren't as used to us, you know, as uh, some are. No, if you uh, want to see more of me talking wrestling, um, you can tune in to Grapsity on new at noon Eastern on Saturdays on Fightful's YouTube channel. Hosted by me, Reichtrich Reg, and William R. Washington. I found up what his middle name was this week, and my mind is con- is forever blown by that because I would have never guessed. <laughs> so like now I cannot unhear it when I think of his name. Now like it just what. <laughs> Shout out Will, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shout out Will. Shout out Grapsy, man. Yeah, shout out Will, Reg, Grapsy, the whole the whole crew. Yeah. They're doing good stuff over there. You know, um, yeah, man. Obviously, you you got your writing on Bleacher Report as well. You know, Phil, he's a he's a man of many talents. He's a man of many talents. Uh, as he said, if you want to see more of him talking wrestling, fightful Grapsy. Um, Ibu, you got anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um. No, but I guess I might as well say on there <laughs> no. as a as a heads up that uh, there's a decent chance that my work schedule is going to be altered, and as a result, it'll probably affect uh, my my ability to do the Thursdays, which frankly really sucks. Um, but you know, nah, we'll get over it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, fuck. Now listen, look, I, I'm gonna. Well, I'm going to figure something out, and I'm also, listen, whatever day I am available, I'm going to find a way to be on this channel delivering content to you guys, no matter what, whether that takes a week or three or whatever. Uh, so we'll make it work, but I just might as well tell the people who are listening, just this heads up. But uh, appreciate you guys. I got some stuff I'm working on for the channel, and so I'm excited to do that. If you haven't watched the FTR video that was narrated by Joe Hulbert, that's a great video, co-signed by both Dax and Cash, and you should definitely check out that video essay. Uh, other than that, man, just follow me at Back of Hangman if you don't already. I I didn't say this earlier in the pod, but I did I did laugh quite a bit because I remember the infamous space when I was the only guy in there at that time. Like, nah, Rollins is that guy, and I got laughed out of the room. I got laughed out of the room when I tried to explain what the gimmick is, and they were like, nah, that's not the gimmick. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Imagine the, the big smirk I had on my face on Sunday listening to an AW crowd singing this guy's theme song. I was like. It's okay to say I was right, man. It's all right. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Okay whether you like, whether you like, right. whether you like Seth or not, uh, at this point his reach is undeniable. That even wowed me when they when the AEW fans sung his theme. I was like, all right, you know, all right, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Shout out to Seth Rollins. Shout out to Israel. Shout out to no, hold on. Well. You know, let's, let's not get carried away. You know what I mean? Yeah, we we got Phil. We got Phil here. We'll be polite. You know? But, no, my God. You know what I mean? Uh, let's not let's not get crazy doing shout outs and stuff. No, no, it, it was something though. Seeing uh, the AEW audience even going along with like the whole Seth chant and stuff, you know, hundred uh, percent, man. Um, one quick super chat. Darren Walker said, "Ibu wins the Divas podcast return on Sunday." Listen, busy women, you know, the busy women. But yeah, the, they've the always reason... got it. They've always got it like on mind, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's just like if they can do it that week, they'll do it, and that's what's so like random, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. The that show's frequency is based on availability, and as soon as they can put it together again, they will absolutely come through and do that for you, Darren. Thank you for the super chat. Hundred percent. But um, yeah, man. Uh, go watch the FTR video, co-signed by Cash and Dax, as Ibu just said. That is a fact. 
Um, so, you know, we're really proud of that piece of, uh, that piece of video that we've put out and we're going to be hoping to do more stuff like that. So please like that, leave comments on it, you know, show us some love on that because it's massively appreciated. And it's only five minutes. It's not going to kill you. You know what I mean? You've just sat here for three hours. So, you know, it's the least you can do for us, you know, but yes, go, go watch that. Um, at WrestlePurist on Twitter, um, anything else, please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Please get those likes up. It does help massively. Um, shout out to Brown Breaker. Shout out Brown Breaker. Shout out the Creed Bros. Shout out Tony <laughs> D'Angelo. Um, this is to these shout outs. Y'all wouldn't give Robert a shout out. What is this, bro? Hey, man, Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> hey, you know Tony D, though. Tony D is valid. <laughs> <laughs> That boy Tony D. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, okay, yeah. I've been Montel Resa Phil Lindsay, Ibu of Resa better known as Backup Hangman. This has been the Resa Podcast, episode 70. We'll be back tomorrow with Unpurist Podcast at 6 p.m. EST with Chris, Rob, and AO. And we appreciate everybody who's passed through. Appreciate all the super chats. And we will catch you tomorrow for Unpurist. Peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.